Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to License to View, a weekly podcast on the internet where two best friends get together, talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, anime, video games, all that jazz. I am Jason. With me, as always, Zach. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, man. Another day, another week of not any news coming up because no, goddamn virus. No news. Every Literally week, nothing. it's consistently just like more things delayed. That's it. Th- that's really the only news we got at this point is no things delayed. Dune's still on schedule. That's yeah. all that's really... And, or, it's no news or nothing coming out, delays, uh, companies are failing, and then Christopher yeah. Nolan's still going to have a movie come out on time. Christopher Nolan's still going to have his movie come out on time. I mean, look, if the movie theater is open, I'm there day one. So. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone's going to be there day one. Yeah. You know, I do want to preface this before we start the podcast. I, Tell me. I, I bought this... Bought, it's 9 a.m., so yes. I probably shouldn't be drinking this, but it's 9 a.m. Who cares? Um, I Bud Light lemonade. They have lemonade now. No, I've had lime. I've had. I've orange. had the orange. I've had I, orange. I like orange. It I reminds had, me of like shot tub. Yeah, yeah. The lime's good. I've had the orange as well. This I bought a, a, a multi pack yesterday. Okay. Um. So this is this was in it, and I had one last night, and it was okay, but it was kind of like it lost some of its chill. Oh yeah. So now this is freshly chilled, but also my refrigerator kills hops. So let's see mm-hmm. how it tastes. Here's a review right now. All right, tell me. Swirled in the back. Of your Don't throat? know how I feel about it. <laughs> Not bad. What do you? Well, that, on? I mean, as far as Bud Light's concerned, that's about as much as you can hope. Yeah, for. right. What do you sip it on? Uh, you know, I have. In the past year, I've gotten to the point where it's like, just for an easy drink for me, it's like seltzer is like the best thing for me. So it's just like I go, it's like every other week now, I just go and I like buy a pack of White Claw because it's just like the easiest thing that I can just pull out. I can like down two and I'm like, fine, I'm good to go. I'm like on a nice enough buzz. Wait, where it's so like, is, it, is it not, it, it's seltzer water? It's seltzer water with alcohol in it. See, to me, seltzer water just tastes gross, man. I don't know. I thought that too, because honestly, like the first time, because uh, uh, I somebody got me started on it in Myrtle Beach, where we were at the beach, which is also it's like a great thing for the beach, because it's like it's not. I don't know. It feels better to drink on the beach, but I've been one of those guys that like I was never super into the um what the fuck is it, the um the Kansas shit. What the fuck is it called? Beer. It's like this, no, it's the super like popular seltzer. Uh, oh, Lacroix. Like, LaCroix. Like, yeah. I've never been a big fan of LaCroix. Like, I think LaCroix tastes awful. But I don't know. There's something about it. Just like, maybe it's just alcohol, but it just tastes better to me. I don't know. I remember I bought a six-pack or whatever box or whatever it's called of LaCroix. Yeah. And I was like, I never had really never really had seltzer before, water before. Yeah. And I opened it up and I tasted it. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah, I, I hate LaCroix. I don't know why. It just thinking like, why would anyone buy this over carbonated water? Yeah. Like Sam's Club carbonated water is infinitely better. Carbonated mm. water in general is infinitely better than fucking seltzer water to me. Mm. Like the people who drink those big green ones. I don't even remember what. The... It's like, I don't know, like the tall green yeah, I know seltzer what you're water about. bottles. I don't understand. It's like Alka it. or something like that. What the fuck is like, it? It's like is, Alka Alka. Is seltzer water not just club soda? Uh, I think there's. I think it's similar to club soda. I don't know if it's the same. I'm not sure. 
I'm fine with club soda in my my mixed drinks, but not, not yeah. just a drink by itself. That's kind of what the thing is, is that it's kind of is just like a club water or like seltzer like mixed drink basically. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, this is licensed to view. It's an early Saturday morning. Before we get to our little mini school... um... Harrier! Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, Before we get to our little tiny little chunk of news, which is very, very Very slim. um, What we've been up to this week. Zach, have you been up to anything? Playing games, reading books, comic books, movies, TV shows. What you been up to, man? Uh, Well, I made the promise last week and I fulfilled the promise because I beat Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, last night, actually. Um, I haven't 100% completed it, but I did the main story. Um, I like it a lot. It's really fucking fun. It's probably one of the better... It's probably one of the more... Just from an actual, like, gameplay aspect and, like, from the battle system and all that, it's probably, like, one of the most enjoyable games I've played in, like, a really, really long time. Right. Like, I could... I... I don't know. I know that there's hard mode there, and hard mode does a lot of shit where it's, like... I mean, it just... Not only are enemies, t- enemies tougher, but they take away a lot of options away from the player to like make it more difficult. Like you don't get items, and uh, you don't get your MP recharged. At, like um, there are like benches in normal that like restore your HP and MP. In uh, in um, hard mode, you don't. It just restores your HP. You don't get your MP back, so you have to be a lot more selective with your spells. And you don't get items at all. Like not even out of battle, so you don't. So you can't get your MP back normally. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's an interesting challenge. I don't know if I want to take it on yet. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I still want to complete in the game, but um, I had a really fun time with it. I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, the story gets a little bonkers in the end, even for me that like doesn't know a lot about Final Fantasy VII's story out of outside of like the mainstream pop culture of like right. what everybody knows about the story. Um, it takes a real, and even after I finished it early yesterday, and so I basically spent like all last night just like listening to other people's reactions to the story of like people who know their stuff. Like Maximilian did like a two and a half hour long like spoiler cast where he talks about what he what he liked about the story, his impressions of the story, and where he thinks the series is going forward. And I thought that was really interesting. I listened to Rocco's. Uh, video where he mm-hmm. talks about his impressions of the story um and i think i agree with both of them for certain parts of it um i think it definitely the last chapter definitely adds a weird it does the thing that a lot of final fantasy 7 or not a lot of final fantasy 7, a lot of final fantasy games have been doing in the past like 10 years where like it makes things strangely convoluted Right. In the Kingdom Hearts way. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Rocco brought up. And I I understand where he's coming from, but I also I don't know, I'm still interested to see where it goes forward because even taking that part aside, you still had like thirty hours of like a really fucking incredible game and an incredible story with amazing characters that I haven't seen done in a video game in like a really, really long time. Right. And so uh I see the apprehension with the end because of the Kingdom Hearts stuff and I mean, Rocco's whole point, and I get where he's coming from, but I also think he's like, his perspective is that he's been burned too many times that he's not even willing to like have excitement or like have any sort of like optimism about where they're going forward with it, which I can see that because, I mean, 
since like I haven't played Final Fantasy 12, but I mean, one of the first mainline Final Fantasy games I played was 13, and I couldn't even beat that because it's so fucking convoluted and boring, and it does like some weird out of the box shit that was like, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on anymore. Right. Um, and that's basically been Final Fantasy for like the past like 15 years. It's just like this weird convoluted stories and bullshit that like people like for the most part don't like and think is really really dumb and they kind of sprinkle that in in this last chapter of the remake which also tells people that it's not going to be a perfect one for one remake going forward or at least it implies that max has a whole theory where he's he's saying that they're implying that so that they can actually do the one for one and it actually hits a lot harder and it gives you those same emotional highs that you had when you've had playing the first game, which is an interesting point. I don't know if it's actually going to play out. Um, I mean, really, at this point, these are just a lot of theories, and we won't know until the second game comes out. But right. for my part, I'm super excited to play the next game and see where we go next, and I'm excited to get back with these characters. And even, I mean, they introduced Red 13 in, like, the last, like, two chapters of the game, and you don't even get to play him. And I was like, fuck, dude, like, I want to play him. He looks super fucking rad. You play as fucking Simba in a fucking Final Fantasy game? Like, I want to do that shit. So. I remember, like, when I – the first one I ever played, really, myself, I believe it's Final Fantasy X. Okay. And I watched my – I mentioned before my in, on the podcast, my buddy's my buddy's older brother was playing a bunch of Final Fantasy games up to ten before it came out. So right. I was watching him play a lot of these games when I was young. Mm-hmm. No, I, I remember specifically him playing Final Fantasy uh, IX – Mm-hmm. And because that's the, that's the same time he showed me Street Fighter Hentai, so that's the first, <laughs> that that is ingrained in my brain. And it wasn't even actually no, it wasn't even Hentai. It was just the fucking Chun Li boob scene from Street Fighter to the movie. That's, that's oh yeah, all that's it was. a great scene. That's all it was. Um, but I remember finally playing Final Fantasy X because I remember I didn't have a fucking memory card for my PS2, so I had to keep leaving my PS2 on. So I'm oh, playing yeah. it and eventually I got a memory card. I remember being like, I'm, I'm probably getting details of it wrong now after not playing it for so long, but mm. Titus, Titus, however you pronounce it, mm. like, you're a dream. Like, yeah. you play the whole game to find out you're not real. Like, you're yeah. a dream. And then you play 10-2 to find this dream. And mm-hmm. to me, that was the beginning of, you know what? We're just going to watch M. Night Shyamalan movies, and yeah. maybe we'll just follow that concept. Yeah. And I'm just generalizing because I haven't played I haven't played eleven, I didn't play twelve, I didn't play thirteen or thirteen returns or whatever the fuck the games are called. I didn't play any of them. But for my friends my friends have always said that it gets convoluted, like lightning's gonna run through these worlds and it becomes like the Cydia or some shit like that, from what I understand on the outside. Yeah, I mean I haven't played any of the others, like uh thirteen two or lightning returns or any of that shit, but yeah, I know at some point it gets to that point where it's like, yeah, she's like Dimension hopping or some weird fucking shit, and she's like the savior of like the entire like, yeah, all of the dimensions of Final Fantasy or some fu- some like convoluted fucking shit where everybody was like, what the fuck is even going on anymore? And that that's one of the reasons, and that's that Kingdom Hearts shit that I don't care about because I hate Kingdom Hearts. I think Kingdom yeah, Hearts is the most convoluted, stupid ass game, and this is coming from a guy who adores Metal Gear. Like, yeah, Kingdom Hearts I think is the most stupid thing in the world. Yeah. Because to me, I can justify Metal Gear, right? Mm. Spy shit. Kingdom Hearts is convoluted for no fucking reason. Mm. 
organization and their souls and then you die but you're name heartless nameless fucking whatever yeah like, realistically metal gear solid isn't that convoluted just a lot of double crossing um yeah that's really well there's a is. lot of timeline stuff but it's not like time traveling in metal gear there's just a lot of different timelines going on at the same time so that's what makes metal yeah. gear complicated and there's a lot of like okay well you have the, you have a couple clones this is what kills him. This is what kills them. There's a virus here. There's Fox die there. Fucking there's, you know, yeah. this project was this project. That person was that person's dad. Blah, 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 blah. But in Kingdom Hearts, it's like fucking, okay, well, who's Roxas? I think the main problem with Kingdom Hearts for me, because, I mean, I've played a lot of the King. I haven't played all of them, but i played a lot of them. And I really enjoyed the beginning of Kingdom Hearts because I think in the beginning – it's not this super overly complicated thing. I mean, in especially the first Kingdom Hearts is like it feels like a Final Fantasy game, especially playing like remake where it's like I don't know, you have your main party and you have your cast side characters and you have this main overdriving mission against this like big bad. And I mean, for me the Kingdom Hearts story at least for like the first game is not it's not a complicated story and it's easy to follow and it makes a lot of sense. I think the problem with Kingdom Hearts is the more that you get into the series, the more complicated it becomes. Not because of just the story in of itself, but it's also the fact that you have so many different games across. The, the main problem is that they're across so many different fucking systems. And so a lot of people don't have an opportunity to play a lot of these games. And the problem is that every single one of these games at some point add something to the Kingdom Hearts story. So if you miss one game and you don't know what's going on in that game, you'll get to a later game. You're like, I don't even know what the, like, where the fuck does this show up? Like the whole part of Kingdom Hearts 3 is like a big part of that game from what I understand is like from the PSP game. Not a lot of people play that PSP game. I didn't get to play the PSP game. Well, no, the, the big... And they'll justify that saying that they have all these, they have all the remasters and stuff that come out that like put them all on like one system or whatnot. But it's like, I don't have time to like put the Kingdom Kingdom Hearts is a Final Fantasy level game where it, like to beat it it takes like thirty to forty hours. I don't have time to put thirty forty hours well, I think into playing biggest, those games again. The biggest fault flaw that Kingdom Hearts has is not just directly putting Kingdom Hearts three out right after two. Well, yeah, that that, that like when that goes into the because you could have just there's a lot of different games. You could have wrapped that story up and like if you did like a five year later thing. Like five years late, like wait five years to make the next game, like you could have wrapped that story up and put it on the PS3 and it's been like, here's the, here's the complete story instead of putting it on the DS and then putting it on the PSP and then putting it on the fucking cell phone, yeah. like all this bullshit. Um, and yeah. then maybe it could it could have been it's still an out there story but still concise. Whereas yeah. for people like specifically like me, I'm not sure about you. You actually have some sort of fondness for Kingdom Hearts in a sense. Like I remember you. We're excited for three to try it, you know. I was excited for three to try it. Uh, I played the first like two planets, and I haven't really picked up its sense. I don't know. It did. It picked up its sense. I don't know. When I tried Kingdom Hearts three, the battle system didn't grip me because I mean I think that's one of the biggest things that I also really love about Final Fantasy VII Remake to try to tie it back to that is I think. I mean, Nomura directed the remake, and he also directed Kingdom Hearts, and I think a lot of the things that I like about the battle system, specifically in like Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2, 
kind of carries over into the remake where it's much more action oriented. I like the the scroll down, the ATB like slow down, which I mean you don't get slowed down in Kingdom Hearts, but the the scroll through battle of like you know, the real the real time reaction options that you have to choose between like magic and summons and all that kind of stuff and I really enjoy that kind of battle system and I think that's one of the big things that like especially in like 1 and 2 that they got like really really well was that battle system that um, got me to get further into those games and like figure out the story and enjoy like where the story is going. Now after two, it's like I really lost track. I really didn't play many games after two. I mean, I played I played one. I played Chain of Memories, which was the Game Boy Advance game, which introduced the the card battle system, which was like it's not as fun. It gets a little better when they ported it to PlayStation, but it's not as fun. But um, but two, I think two's battle system is like one of Kingdom Hearts 2's battle system is like one of the funnest I've had until probably this remake, where it's just like, it's very action-oriented. I mean, you've got your attack button for your basic attacks, you've got magic, you've got summons, you've got items, you've got all that shit. You've got your party members, you've got your party members that you can switch out for, you know, your different cast characters. Um, and I just really enjoyed that, and um, I think and I think that's one of the big things for Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is the battle system is so enjoyable that you're willing to go along and see where this story's going. And then, I mean, for Final Fantasy VII Remake, they also do a great job of making you, like, fall in love with these characters and, like, want to be invested in, like, where these characters going, where it's not just you're invested where Cloud's going. You care about Tifi, you care about Aerith, you care about Barret. Uh, you care about all these people. And then that was huge for me because even playing the demo, I was not a huge fan of Barret. I mean, I get his, like, super eco-terrorist thing. It's, like... It's fine. It's fun, I guess, but I wasn't like super sold on it as first. But like playing through this whole game, it's just, I've really I I like Barrett a lot more now as a character. I see where he's coming from. I enjoy, uh, specifically his relationships with, with other characters, and more specifically his daughter. I like that father daughter dynamic in storytelling. I don't know. It's just something about that storytelling that always grips me. I really like the father daughter stuff that shows up in any medium, and so seeing that his relationship with his daughter and like learning more about his past with like Shinra and like before he was an avalanche and stuff like that, which you learn through later in the game. Uh, I don't know. I just think they did a really, really solid job with the story, you know, 95% of it until you get to that, that chapter 18, which is something that Max talked about a lot in his spoiler review. And I agree with him, which is, you know, 95% of the game is like 10 out of 10, like, fucking like the cream of the crop rise to the top like that fucking like mm, this is what i want a fucking video game and then you get to chapter 18 and it like it kind of like does some weird shit where you're like i don't really know what's going on but it's clear that even through you don't really know what's going on it's clear they're setting something up and so i'm willing to see what they're doing what they're setting up to but are you willing so I think to it wait all really five on like, more ten more years well, that well, that's actually the interesting part because I was I just finished listening to Pat and Wooly. They haven't in their latest podcast. They hadn't beaten it yet, but they'd almost beaten it. And so, I mean, and they're they're like Max. They know a lot more about Final Fantasy VII than I do. And I think I'm willing to incl incline with their opinion that they don't think that the second one is that far away. I hope not. after after playing this game for them, a lot of stuff that gets set up in this game is like mechanics and uh, things that you would need for like the second part where I guess you get to was Niflheim, I think is like the overworld. There's a lot of 
set up for different mechanics of like material mechanics and like the way that your character leveling is set up and like the way even like you gain ascensions like you only gain two or you only get the way you gain limit or you only gain two limit breaks in this game and so the amount of like stuff that they're setting up so that they can expand upon it in the second game they at least this is their speculation that is probably going to be like two or three years until we get the second game, which I would be stoked for if we only had to wait like two years to get like the sequel to this. still going to be a long fucking wait, but I'd be super rad if we're like, if we're that close, like we please, I hope we don't have to wait another 15 fucking years, but I, I will say this still wait three more years, make the whole fucking game. One thing that, that, that bugs the fuck out of me that, mm. that bugs the shit. At, Cause it's a complete, I was, when, when the game first dropped, there's a guy a guy I follow on Instagram, and he follows me, uh, mm-hmm. powerlifter guys, and mm-hmm. and he's a nerdy guy. He I've never never met him before. He lives mm-hmm. across the fucking country. Never yeah. met him before. We only purely interact by on Instagram just by liking a, him doing some lifts and then whatever. I'll comment a joke and he'll, whatever, right? Yeah. But he he posted an Instagram story being like, "This is a fucking such a money grab and fuck this game." And I messaged him being like, 150%, absolutely, looks like some Kingdom Hearts ripoff. That's a money grab. Now, I, I don't think it looks like a terrible game. I think it looks, visually, it looks great. And I'm cool, like, because that people who haven't played the game before, like you, or like even like me, could, or no, people like me who fucking don't remember jack shit about the fucking convoluted ass game, yeah. you play it and enjoy it. But it's absolutely a money grab. And even if Square came out and said years ago, hey, this is what we're doing. That still bugs me because to me that's still a proof in the pudding of the game industry having a problem of something. Whether it's too many DLCs, mm. too many alphas, too many betas, stuff like that. Just mm. finish a product and put it out. And that's what bugs me about this because, mm. you know, how would you feel if fucking you got half a Marvel movie? Like that would bug me. That would bug yeah. me. Like, you know, oh, well, if and, and the, the rebuttal could be, well, look at Endgame. Right, Endgame was two separate movies, but yeah. to me, it's not the same. It's two separate things. You could have ended the Marvel Universe at Infinity War and just ended it there. But hey, you had ten years. Here's the end of it. Guess what? You're all fucked. I think going off that argument though is I think, I think the way specifically the way they set it up, and the way that the ending goes in this story is I think they really do a really good job of, I mean, if they are going to make it multiple games, what I mean, they are, I think they do a good job of justifying this being a second game where I think, I think it does have an infinity war ending where it's like, this is, this could be a definitive stopping point. And now, because uh, I think this game, and I think a lot of people have made this comparison, so I'm not original with this, but it's, this game is like a very, it's like final fantasy seven, like Yakuza. So it's like that kind of like gameplay where it's like, I don't know, the story is very linear, linear, but at points there's side quests that you can do. But for the most part, you're traveling around this place and the story's linear and it's going where it's going. And that's one type of game. And so I think part of the aspect of doing multiple games is that for the second one, I think we are going to see a very different type of game, which I think if you did that, first of all, doing like an 80-hour game is like one game is like, I don't know, that's kind of fucking insane. Because, uh, I mean, there could have been some... You probably could have trimmed like 10 hours out of this, but at the end point, I mean, like people are expecting that it could be like three parts. So that's like, even if you did that as one game, that's like 60 fucking hours, which is like fucking insane. Yeah, but, but the game was one before. It was a finished Yeah, product. but I also think the game was shorter because, I mean, even from what little bit I've played, 
what I played of the original Final Fantasy, it took me 25 hours to get to the point of what I'd originally played and what I originally played of like when I when I bought it and played it. That was me playing the game for like two or three hours at the most. And so and what the original Final Fantasy did in like two or three hours, it took like fucking yeah, but I don't, 25 hours to get I to I don't that. need the fucking cloud walking through the city listening to people talk. I don't need that. That's filler. That's mm. purely filler. And if you want to say, oh, it's potentially a world-building thing, but we have enough world-building in Final Fantasy VII as it is. People fucking love that shit, right? So to me, it makes me go, okay, how people much... People who know it love it. How much I mean, are I we going to... Just be, how much are we just going to be adding filler into these games to fill out a 12-hour experience? Maybe not. Maybe zero. Maybe not. But the idea that a company is going to go, you know what? I'm going to give you a unfinished product and say it's finished. Because why? we already have the story. We know the game. You can go on Wikia right now and find the entire story of the game. Yeah. Even if they change stuff here and there, you're going to go, well, you changed it from the prior one to to make people whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if George Lucas fucking say, you know what? I'm going to give you Empire Strikes Back, but just half of Empire Strikes Back. Like, mm-hmm. we knew Star uh, a trilogy is three separate finished products. Right. To make one overarching story. This is one game separate into three separate games. Like, you're taking a finished product already to ma- and then breaking it down to three $60 full-price games. So you're paying $180 for the same story, minus stuff here and there that are different, versus a game that was finished in 1997 or whenever it was done. And on principle, to me, that just it just screams money grab. You know, like, if you're going to make a remake of a game, I mean, shit, like, look at Doom. Like, f- you're going to remake Doom, finished product. And then we're going to build off of that original remake that we had and keep making more stories. Look at Wolfenstein. You know, we're going to take Wolfenstein into OG game, we're going to remake it, and we're going to reboot it in this way and keep making sequels off of that. I mean, if Fallout and Skyrim can keep coming out and be these massive fucking games that are so interactive... Mm. Square has no excuse to me, except for we want to make more money. <sighs> look at how big Skyrim is. You know, those games take a while. Look at GTA. You know, look at fucking Red Dead. Those games take a while to make, but when you get them, GTA 5 came out, what, seven years ago? I think maybe, it's still one of the maybe most almost popular, 10 years ago. Like, still one of the most popular uh, games. Like, people are still fucking playing that shit all the time. Because yeah. they, they invested the time to finish a product. And you can't tell me, Zach... That Final Fantasy VII Remake is even close to the level of world building or intensity that GTA V is from 10 years ago. Mm. You can't because you'd be lying. The level of intricacy that comes into GTA V or Skyrim or a fucking Fallout. You know, that Fallout, 4 is a, Fallout 4 is a game that fucking. They just took fucking New Vegas and whatever. But the idea that these companies sunk time in and then finish a product to me i'm tired of like going on, on steam but hey you know what buy an alpha and we're gonna be an alpha for five years and then maybe we'll give you a final game yeah i mean i see that point i get i get where you're coming from with that i mean it, i mean one of the biggest things is like the riot games with the valerian it's like yeah the fucking beta for that but i think there's a difference between like an alpha and a beta and it's like when are we ever going to get a finished game but i also i think I mean, for me, it's like this is a finished product. It is a finished game. Like it went gold. But you it's know, out it's there. but you know, it's not finished, Zach. If the game. But I also think I think the thing about that is that it's not. 
regardless of like, I think one of the biggest things is that they might have mismarketed it because I think it's not a remake because I think, and especially hearing like Pat and Lily talk today, as I think, and hearing Max talk is like, it's not just dealing with Final Fantasy VII, the core game, is that there's a lot of stuff in this game and a lot of the, the filler in this game is stuff from the expanded Final Fantasy VII Final Fantasy VII universe. There's a lot of stuff from Advent Children. There's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff from novels that came out. There's a lot of stuff from Crisis Core that comes in to play. And so it's not just dealing with one specific game and remaking that. I think the remake comes into the fact, I think it's mismarketed, but I think the remake might be coming into, it's not remaking Final Fantasy VII, the game. It's remaking Final Fantasy VII, the universe as a whole. But if this game ended right now and it sold like shit, and they square say, you know what? Right. We can't. We're canceling the game. We can't make two and three. Right. Would you be satisfied with how the game, knowing that you know that the game actually ends a different way? You see what I'm saying? Like that would bug the did, hell out I of think, me. I think for I think for people who know Final Fantasy VII, I think it would be disappointing. I think for me, who doesn't, I mean, I know you know the pop culture shit, but I think overall is like taking like the Final Fantasy VII goggles off, like. Does Aerith as die a, at the end of the game? As a game story, does Aerith die though at the end of the no, game? No, she doesn't die. So you, that, that alone, the game's not done. Because you know but already. that's the whole part of the game where it's like. You know there's already. A point where they talk about fate and it's like. They put that nugget in your brain where it's like. Maybe she's not going to die. Yeah, that, that, that would be dumb. Because that's, that's, that's one of those moments. But maybe in, she's not going to die. She's going to die. But if, like, if this game. I mean, but maybe not. Like if this maybe game came out fight and, fate, Jason. and they went, you know what? Sorry guys, in some alternate universe. This bunch of fucking geeks didn't buy this game, so we can't finish. Or or maybe First of all, but you're underestimating geekdom right there. When oh, you think no. the geeks geeks aren't gonna buy Final Fantasy. Oh no, 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 no. I that's why I said an alternate universe. Well, because okay. a, a bunch of fucking, you know, every nerd's buying this game. That's perfectly fine by all means. But like in an alternate universe, if this game didn't sell well, or there was yeah. some crazy thing where they couldn't make the next two games or whatever, how many they're doing, five, six, seven, ten, or whatever, it wouldn't be a satisfying conclusion. And because we know Aerith dies. And that alone gives Cloud the motivation to continue on to beat Sephiroth. If he does, right. she doesn't die, who else can replace it? Because it can't be Tifa, because they were barely friends when they were kids, right? So, like, the idea that, like, you're getting a part of a story. It goes down to the principle of this, right? If Final Fantasy VII came out and was like, "Hey, by the way, uh, this is a, this is a multi-game series," I'd be like, 10 4 cop, we got that." Or even if Square said this, "Final Fantasy Remake Disc One," I'd be like, "Gotcha, okay, okay. Got you. you're saying Disc One, got you, sure. copy that." Yeah, but I think remake, I mean I think it goes to the bad. thing where I talk about where I think the marketing is bad, where it should have been. It should have been remake part one or whatever, Absolutely. something like that. Absolutely, because I, I agree that the marketing for it, the the title for it, should not have been just straight up remake because it's not because it's not just a straight up remake. And even though they've been saying that it's been going to be multiple parts, I understand that. It, it still comes down to the fact that, and for me, that I hate not having a finished product because even though it's finished, it's on disc. It's you can buy it right now. It's not a finished story. When they get, they have finished a story before, and I know games companies can make games big enough to fit. Because I've seen GTA, I've seen Red Dead from twelve years ago, or whatever, be this massive game with 
characters and story. I've seen GTA uh, Red Dead from this last couple of years. That's fucking massive, right? And so much intricacy and in depth. So I know it's possible. To me, it just shows a, a level of we know that we can sell this game in parts to make money because people aren't buying Final Fantasy games. So we're gonna make a game and just sell it. Whereas for Final, look at look at Resident Evil, right? I said this a couple weeks ago. Remake two. We're make it make it cool. We're gonna have some new updated mechanics. People like the Resident Evil Four style, so we're gonna have that. We're gonna add in some fun little Easter eggs here and there, things you remember from the old game, the original game, mm-hmm. and we're gonna be done. Boom. A year later, three. Boom. We worked on it. We finished. Now I'm not saying that the Resident Evil Resident Evil is on the same scale as Final Fantasy. Of course not. But it's the idea that another Japanese company is gonna make a game, finish it, sell it at the same. Uh, is Resident Evil Sixty dollars? Do you know? Uh, yeah. So they're gonna yeah, sell. No, when it comes gonna, out at sixty dollars, they're gonna sell a complete game at retail price and it's finished. There's no more extra shit. And just intuitively, it, it bugs me that, that Square did that because you know, I know it's not done. I know it's not done. Right. And that that to me is a money grab, and then I I automatically go like shrink when people companies start making money grabs. That's one of the reasons why I didn't see Charles Angels. You know, besides looking like shit. I didn't see Ocean's 8, besides looking like shit. I didn't see Ghostbusters, besides looking like shit. You know, stuff like that where they're just playing off of a nostalgia, like literally like Ghostbusters. And um, it, it, to me, it shows bad signs of a company. Um, like, I would, I would rather have Square been like, you know what, here's Final Fantasy, was it, 16 would be the next one? 16 would be next. Here's Final Fantasy 16. It's a whole new shit. We know 15 took 12 fucking 15 fucking years and it sucked dick. Here's FF 16. You know what? And it fucking rules. I'd rather have that than be, hey, by the way, all our A-team producers and programmers are working on Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2 and 3. I'd rather have Final Fantasy 16 be kick-ass and brand new versus, Mm. you know, a game that I saw when I was four five six seven eight nine and maybe things here and there are a little bit different but really ultimately we know Eric's gonna die mm. i can see that if that makes sense yeah but also the vice boss fights in this game are fucking sick as fuck well, I mean, dude they, they, god damn it. i mean the game looks great the game looks great i'm not denying that it looks cool Ugh. it looks awesome i'm glad that it looks good those last me. those last couple of chapters those boss fights were like mm. you, you it, face off against rufus shinra and it's like i want to i want a battle system where you can fucking play as this boss because he right. has the sickest fucking shit where he's got shotguns and he like fucking zips around the field with his fucking shotguns he got a fucking dog that like fucking kicks the shit out of you and it's like God, this character is so fucking cool. He looks anime as fuck where he's got the long jacket and he's got weird buckles that don't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Love it. Love that anime bullshit. Well, you know what, Zach? I will pray for you and hope the game comes out fairly soon. I hope so. Not- you know what? I, honestly, if it came out in like three years, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. As long as it doesn't take like ten years or some fucking bullshit. But I don't I'm think it will because I think they've made a lot of progress on this game. And hearing Pat and Wally talk about it, the stuff that goes into the later game... The amount of stuff that they set up in this game that won't even be fully utilized until the next game, I don't know if it'll be that long. I mean, who? Can, but setting up some of the means doesn't mean anything. It's like, look at how long we. But been... I mean, it does because it means like it's. I mean, not like setting up story. I mean, like setting up mechanics. Where no, it's like, I, I get that. I get that. To do later on. But like, even setting up mechanics, that's, that's fine. We'll work on those mechanics in five years. I mean, like, we'll 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 scribble down the idea for the mechanic and we'll start hashing it out. 
after a virus and then after people get a break and then after we work on something else for mobile, after we work on something else for this thing, after the A-team has to go from Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 to whatever the next game they're going to do. You know, to me, that's, that is the deterrent that people are that it's going to have. And I, I don't know how many people are going to... I mean, the, both every game is going to sell well because it's fucking Final Fantasy VII. If it was like Final Fantasy IV, no. But if it was like it's, it's Final Fantasy VII, it's going to sell every single fucking time. And every single fucking time, yeah. I'm going to say, you sheeple. Enjoy it. I'm, I'm glad it's fun. I'm glad it's getting, doing well. But it's, it's, it's a prime example of one of those things that IGN's going to give a 10 out of 10 for the sake of being Final Fantasy VII. I don't know what they gave it. I'm assuming a 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. I don't know. I don't know what IGN gave it. I know GameSpot gave it the 10 out of 10. Um, IGN, FF. I mentioned IGN. They probably gave it a 9. Because that seems like an IGN thing to do. Or they wouldn't give it a perfect score. They'd eight, give it like they an gave almost it perfect score. 8 out of 10. Wow, they gave it an 8. Wow. All right. So, I don't know. All right, Zach, what else have you been checking out, man? Um, There hasn't been too much I've been checking. Checking out a couple of animes. Uh, going back to the father-daughter thing that I was talking about before, there's one anime that I want to talk about. Okay. Because it fits really, really well to that, which is, it's called, it's got Japanese's fuck name, Kaku Shigoto. Basically, the whole premise of the plot is that the father is uh, a manga artist for a uh, a dirty manga, oh, okay. and he has a small daughter, and he is the whole point is that he's trying to keep her from finding out that he's the this famous manga artist for this dirty for this dirty manga, and so there's a lot of hijinks and stuff that ensues around that. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a great time with it every every week that it comes out. Um, and it goes back to the – I just love father-daughter relationships in, in any media. And so seeing like that aspect where it's like father doing his – he like only wants the best for his daughter. He loves her a lot and he just like – he wants her to have the best life and he doesn't want to have like the stigma of like who he is as a manga artist like hanging around her and like – or her thinking less of him or something like that. It's just very cute, heartwarming story. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. But the biggest thing – I have a question for you, Jason. Sure. Have you ever um... got – have you ever got lost in a binging section where you just don't – you come out the other side and you're like, I just lost three hours and I don't know how? You mean like in the sense of like you enjoyed it or like – you mean like – In just, the sense of like I enjoyed it and it was just like – it's so comforting that like you don't even pay attention to like what's going on besides like the fact that you're watching the oh, show. Oh, yeah, all the time. So I did that with Forensic Files this week because I realized that Forensic Files is on Netflix. Okay. And – uh Fuck, dude, I didn't realize I could get lost in, like, watching, like, fucking four hours of Forensic Files. Oh, dude. Because that's why I didn't beat Final Fantasy VII as early as I did, because I put on Forensic Files one day, and it was, like, five hours later. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck happened. I've watched, like, 15 episodes of the show. I only binge stuff. I don't watch anything one episode at a time, right? So I tr I've been trying – I used to binge a lot of stuff, but I'm trying to not do that as much because I realize specifically – I try to do, like – Especially with like hour long stuff where I try to do like one episode at a time because it's like, specifically with the HBO stuff where it's like The Outsider or Westworld or stuff like that, where it's like if I watch it too much, I burn myself out too fucking fast. Right. Well, I mean, I will watch, I watch like more, usually more shit than I talk about on the podcast, only because right. half the shit I watch is some sort of like documentary, docuseries show. So mm. whether it's a true crime thing, I watch like, I'll watch, binge watch an entire four hours of like a Netflix one or something or a Showtime yeah. one, um, and I, I watch it straight shot, you know. Mm. So that's the, the four, three four hours that I'll just binge. Um, the worst ones I have though are this sack, 
which are mm-hmm. you binge something for like two or three hours, four hours, and you go, well, you know what? I really don't know what I just watched. That's fair. I just watched it all, and I sat there and watched the entire thing, and at the end of it, I, you go, what the, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Was that good or bad? That's how I feel about watching like The Flash. Yeah. Or like Arrow. I'm like, okay, I, I watched this yeah, entire thing. Yeah, all the CW and... shows have that for me, for sure. You know, oh, Arrow... besides The Flash, because I honestly really enjoy The Flash, but it's like when I'm watching Arrow... Or it was like, when I was at the point where I was like I I binged season one of Supergirl and I was like I don't even know like what the fuck I'm watching. Well, I'll right give now. I'll give it's you a perfect stupid. I'll give you a perfect example right now of some of the stuff that I'll dip in some stuff that I watched this week. Okay. Which speaking of Final Fantasy Seven, all right. Most of what I watched this week is all remakes of old. TV oh my shows. god! Holy so, shit! Miami Vice. Um, lots of Hawaii, movie. I Hawaii Five O. Well, they did a. They didn't. Aren't they doing a? Uh, a final a Miami Vice TV show right now? Are they not doing that? Um, I don't know. Maybe I thought, I thought they were. Are they not? Maybe I'm just like pulling that out. I mean, ass. I would believe it. They got Hawaii Five O out there though. That's just, just ended. I know that. That's a remake, isn't yeah, just, it? Yeah, just ended though. Yeah. Uh, so that was I, on, is that on Annie or whatever? CBS. CBS. Oh. Yeah. So I um. There's a lot of TV shows that I watched when I was a kid with my dad that he watched when he was a kid, which is why I watched them with, 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 when I was a kid. And one mm-hmm. of those was the original SWAT from, like, 1975. You know, he watched that oh, show. I, I liked the show. When I, I watched it with him when I was younger. They made mm-hmm. a movie in the 2000s with Colin Farrell. They did. And Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, and there's a, there's a there's a song in the movie that me- makes me fucking cringe. It's so bad. It's in the very beginning where it's like. Is it LL Cool J's song? I don't. What's how's that song go? Also, how's it go? I don't remember. I don't remember. I thought time I, I is running out. Number one. Time is running out. Number two. It's fucking. It's so stupid. I fucking hate that song. But it makes me think of that movie. And it's like I don't know. So that movie blows. But there's a remake on TV. Came out a couple years. ago. It's, called, it's on air now, but it came out a couple years ago. Uh, it has uh, Shamar Moore in it, I think is his name. The guy, the black oh, the guy from Criminal from, Minds. Um, yeah, Criminal Minds. Okay. I and, didn't realize that was a SWAT thing. Okay. Yeah, it's called SWAT. It's a remake of the show. He plays the main character from the show, okay. uh, Hondo. And I've I watched the first 10 episodes of the first season. And this is a prime example of a show that I binged for eight hours yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I have it's, it's fucking whatever. It's, it's literally just literally these CBS shows and like shows on network TV or whatever the fuck they're called yeah. are literally just this. Hey, you know what? Here's some bunch of bullshit. Here's some jargon. It's here's the stupid setup that we see a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Literally the second the first episode of SWAT and it's a, it's fine. It's a fine network. TV show, yeah. right? The first episode, Zach, I want to give you the premise or a part of this episode, and you're going to okay. tell me, you're going to guess the next part of this, okay? Okay. So, in SWAT, the first episode, the leader, the sergeant of the squad, shoots a, an armed black kid on accident when they're chasing some bad guys. Bad move. Bad he move. Get, he gets fired. Okay. Shamar Moore gets promoted to sergeant right there. He didn't know it was happening. Uh-oh. But his best friend, who's been on the squad longer than him, should have been next up. So what mm-hmm. happens, Zach? What happens here? Ha! They get in a fight over who should be in charge, and then they end up... Uh, the, the guy who was there longer ends up respecting the fact that Hondo is the better person for the job. It, 100%. Now, 
Second trope. Well, you know, old sergeant, he got fired, but he had one request before he left. To put this new rookie from Long Beach on the team. Nope, there you go. So, now, Zach, describe this rookie if you can. Give me what you think this rookie is, how you think this rookie is. Are we going based, okay, on current TV tropes? Current TV tropes. Is it a girl or is it a guy? It's a guy. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say he's a white guy. Uh-huh. He's never fired his gun before. Uh, he, he has some sort of, you know what? He's probably a hothead. And uh, he probably thinks he's like the fucking coolest thing since sliced bread now that he's on this fucking SWAT squad. Opening scene of this guy, he's driving his motorcycle 100 miles an hour down the road doing wheelies. Yep. And yep. the whole, the two-episode arc is, listen, Street, we're a team. Mm-hmm. We move in unison. Yep. That's literally the fucking most boring plot lines. Yeah. But I watched eight hours of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally just like popcorn TV. It's, yeah. It, again, as someone who is in this field of work, mm-hmm. it's so it, it, it's I have I take crime shows with grain of salt because a lot of it's right. bullshit. And this is LAPD SWAT. And they have a whole building to themselves that has a boxing ring in their command center. No, not in their happen. command center, and they're just they're just always at their home base, like using like tablets and shit, like a fucking CIA. And well, thinking, that reminds me of the shit from uh, fucking Twenty Two Jump Street, where they like go into their fucking HQ and it's some some weird like futuristic shit. Yeah, and they got all that sh- all that like, shit like, in there. Tablets and fucking all this. There's a com- like a command room with a fucking like touch screen like desk. Yeah, and I'm like. What world do you think that SWAT, first off, is there 24 Well, that's the problem hours. with all of these crime shows where it's like every single crime show, whatever team you're following, has to be the team that does all the shit. Even if they don't do all the shit in real life, if you're following them in the show, they have to do all the shit. Well, so if good. you're watching NCIS, they have to be the team yeah. that, like, for they fucking track down the terrorists and they fucking well, use Zach, the fucking... you're missing, you're you know, skipping out another trope. There's two squads. There's oh, their squad yeah. and the other squad. So guess what happens with both squads? Crossover. There's a rivalry. Oh damn. A lot of like, oh, you know what? You you didn't get this one there, did you, Hondo? <laughs> I'll catch you next time. Fucking shit, dude. <laughs> Fucking shit, bro. Is there even more than one squad SWAT team on any force? I feel like uh, okay, it's so like the SWAT team a, is the SWAT team. At a massive department like LAPD, it's going to be a fucking humongous SWAT team. Okay. Like, probably, like, fucking 50 guys and okay. girls, right? But for a small, like, 400-person department, maybe 20 people. Okay. Because you're not being called out all the time. Right. Right? And even in the show, they're being called out all the time. SWAT's called out very, not not very rarely. Yeah, it's very rare that SWAT So, like, there's, there's literally a, in the first episode, when they're running, they're running through a building, there's guns, traffickers, and they're running through a building, and, they're, and there's regular cops get there first, like, uniform cops, patrol. And yeah. one guy gets shot. Uh, uh, uh. So they're returning fire, and SWAT comes in. And then the fucking no, the one girl on the team who's probably a lesbian, goes goes to the patrolman and goes, "Hey, you okay? EMS is on the way." And I'm mm. like, "Bitch, they know. They also have your radio." Yeah. Here's the thing about TV cop shows. Tell me. That is so inaccurate that bugs the hell out of me, but it makes me laugh. Is that they okay. talk on the radio whatever they want. Right. They'll be like this. Oh, go ahead, pass it on through. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And they'll talk on the radio, right? When in reality, <laughs> it's this. 
We pass it on the radio. Copy that. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, hold on. Someone else is talking. Mm-hmm. And you wait for four fucking minutes, and then you fucking transmit your own transmitter. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm watching SWAT. I watched eight hours of that. When episode 10, it's fucking, it's fine. Okay. Another remake that I started watching. Tell me. Same network, Magnum P.I. Okay. <gasps> Holy shnikes, the bushy mustache is back. This, well, no mustache. <gasps> what? Me- no mustache, and he's Mexican. That um, is a detriment. He's got to have a mustache. I'm on episode six, excuse me, of the first season, and it's, um, again, it is. He really t- doesn't have a mustache? No, no, no mustache. Yeah. Lost it's opportunity. T- it's TV. It's fine. It's not good. It's not great. It ain't the original, but it's TV. It's something to watch, I guess, if you're bored. It's something to watch if you, you know, just like watching people shoot guns or, like, you no, know, have really bad car chase scenes. And that's my problem with network TV or whatever the fuck this is called, like CBS, Fox, all that kind of shit. Like, all these mm-hmm. shows are so they they put in such minimal effort, yeah. And then the output is also trash, but people still like it. That's why shows get canceled all the fucking time. Yeah. You know, any like new show gets canceled, but these these current ones are just remakes. So the last the other show I watched that's also a remake is MacGyver. Tell me. Oh yeah, I forgot that they did they did a MacGyver remake. And now this this show is definitely the best of the three, in terms okay. of the rebootness. The biggest problem I have with the MacGyver reboot is that he has a team of people with him. The original MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson, aka Colonel O'Neill from Stargate SG One, mm-hmm. solo guy. Right. Would just travel the world, do solo shit. This one has to have a team, and each member of the team has to be every single quadrant of your. Wasn't well, that basically scale. um that epic show? What the fuck is it called? Um, Leverage. Leverage. Yeah, that's uh, uh, TNT. Yeah, TNT. Okay. And I and I loved I loved Leverage because it made yeah. sense. Leverage was like, hey, you know what? Everyone has their own skill set. Right. We're all thieves in a different sense. I like that. But MacGyver. He's supposed to be the guy who can just. Yeah, he's supposed to be the guy who like can do. He has like a toilet paper roll, and he can fucking yeah. like get at anything. Help, he'll figure it out. So, uh, I watched. I'm watching those just because I'm fucking bored. I watched so much shit the last week that I wanted to just decompress with just bullshit TV, and that's what this yeah. is. Um, last okay. two things, last three things, uh, real quick. I wanted to. I decided to do a journey and watch every Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh my god! So but I you started. Hate Quentin I, I hate Quentin Tarantino. Well, I, I like the first two movies. I don't like the everything else. I don't care. Fair enough. So how did this go for you? Reservoir Dogs. It's still good. It's great. Pulp Fiction. Probably one of his best movies. Uh, yeah, I agree. Pulp Fiction. It's still Pulp Fiction. It's fine. Yeah, People it's overhype it, but it's fine. It's, it's a good movie. Um, and then I started watching Kill. I skipped Jackie Brown. I, I start... really like Jackie Brown. I don't like that people don't give that show, no, the, I, uh, that movie, the credit it deserves. I, I think it's his. I think it's his one of his best movies, for yeah. sure. Um, but then I started watching Kill Bill because Kill Bill's on uh, Hulu, I think. Yeah, Kill Bill's great. And, well, part one is great. I really yeah, don't like part two that much. I got through the first half of Kill Bill one and was like, yeah, okay, I think I'm done. I think I got Honestly, it. Honestly, it's like, I don't know. I don't remember how long this is into it, but it's like once she gets past the, like, 100-man slaughter or whatever, it's like, I'm like, I'm like hey, that's, it's fine. That's, that's pretty deep in. I'm yeah. kind of over it, though, at that point. Once she gets to Lucy Liu, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. It's like, Because eh. Lucy Liu's the last boss or whatever. Is she? Okay. The first movie, yeah. In that movie? Okay. And she, like, scalps her. 
Um, oh yeah, I forgot she does scout. So yeah, I watched that. That's I watched Pulp Fiction. That's obviously Pulp Fiction. Yeah. The last thing I want to mention is that I I tried to start this and I just couldn't for the life of me. All right. Netflix's new Ghost in the Shell. Is that out? Oh my god. Oh. I actually didn't know. Is that actually out? It I looks have no idea. like such shit. I actually heard memes. I'd seen memes about it, but I didn't know that it was like they were like legit. Like I Yo, thought that out, they were like yeah. just people fucking with it. No, All right. I, fuck, when dude. The, when the trailer came out like six months ago or whatever, I instantaneously this instantaneously disliked it. I mean, everyone put thumbs down. But then I I started watching the first episode and it looks. And this so, is their new standalone complex, right? Yeah, it looks so phoned in. Yeah. The made the, the animation looks like trash. The models look like trash. Mm. It looks fucking terrible. I'm so tired of fucking CG anime bullshit. Like the in last the, honestly, in like the the Ghost in the Shell world, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know. The Arise stuff was good though, because I watched those three Arise Ghost in the Shell Rise movies. I like those movies. They were great because they were actually animated. Yeah, like they were like no two D animated. Mm-hmm. And this fucking three D bullshit looks terrible. Yeah, it just further further disrespects the great fucking no anime movie in the manga. It just it's trash. I hate it so much, and I'm not gonna finish it because I watched the first two minutes. I was skimming through it, mm-hmm. and the opening scene is of. The major driving a fucking like go kart with a tachikoma on the back, driving through the fucking desert in America, and it looked like trash. Mm. Nope, I'm good. I'll watch yeah. something else. Not a fan of it. All right, well that's all I've been checking out. Let's let's just fucking hit this news real fucking fast. I guess the only one that fucking matters. We mentioned earlier news stuff real quick, real quick, 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 quick. Uh, Christopher Quick, Nolan, Tenet, is still coming out July 17th. He's plan. still got the faith, baby. Um, the other He's thing the I touch. saw was that Chris Hemsworth playing is playing Hulk Hogan in a biopic. I saw that. I'm excited for that. I think he'd be – I don't know. I think he could be a pretty decent Hulk Hogan. The thing is, is that are they going to do – I mean, it's Todd Phillips, so this is a joker. Are they going to actually go into the fact that like Hulk Hogan was like has a reputation behind the scenes? Are they going to break the kayfabe? Of what? Uh, in which sense, though? What do you mean? Which part? And the fact that it was like he was like very selfish and he was like not willing to like help other people out if it like didn't help himself uh, in some I'm way. Going and, like, to, I'm going to assume that he's going. They're going because the whole point is that they're trying to show the backstory of wrestling, and I mean, you can't just show wrestling in a positive sense because it's not. You know, it's a business. Yeah. So they're gonna. They would have to show the steroids, and they would have to show the the injuries and the pain addiction and the drugs and all kind of stuff. Because even if they're not yeah. showing Hulk do it, they're gonna have to show the locker rooms where people are doing it. Oh wait, hold on. So this is the real question. This is a uh-huh. real question right now. Because this right. is a Hulk Hogan documentary. Uh huh. Who the fuck is gonna play Randy Savage? Who knows if they're even gonna fucking you know? Dude, if they don't have Randy Savage in this fucking document in this biopic, because it, it might just that's be like. Up. Maybe they might not even have any ring in the ring stuff. It might just be like behind, like no outside the ring shit, which would be a mistake. That would be, would a, be a big mistake. mistake. You'd need to have some in ring stuff, at least like you, you have, know. have to. Because I mean, it's fucking Hulk Hogan. You can't do a wrestling biopic and not have something. Because the re- they would have to cast Randy, and they would have to cast Miss Elizabeth, and they would have to cast if they go all the way up into the, the WCW. They got to do Andre too. Andre, they they have to go into the. Um, 
WCW stuff with him leaving WWF. They have to go into all that shit. End of the world. You're gonna have to get uh, yeah, Razor Ramon, all that good stuff. So I, I I really don't know. I mean, they're not even in this interview. Um, this is from IGN, but I don't know where the original interview came from. Hmm. Uh, Hemsworth said that they, he hasn't even read a script yet, so it's still far out from even. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, I I imagine so. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, right now, I don't see too much. Plus, they're gonna have to like, I mean, and they're not gonna go into the most, the more recent stuff, is what the interview said. They're not gonna be going into the whole scandal stuff, which is right. They're not gonna go into like Gawker and all that shit. But you don't need to because you have enough interesting stuff with this. Yeah, I mean, his whole, even the first half of his life is like way more interesting. So, what do you think they're gonna call it though? Oh. I don't know. It's got to be like, hmm. I would I would hope that they would kind of almost do like the 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 Mister Rogers approach with it, where they they take like one of his catchphrases and make it like the the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would hope for that. I think they're here's my two here's my two guesses. Tell me. Um. I think that my two my first guess is gonna be called Real American, which is a okay. song. And then uh, the other one's going to be something with the play on, like, brother. Yeah, brother. It's one of those two, I think. I could see that. If, I could see real – I honestly could probably see Real American being the title of it. That's on, they, uh, It's a pretty solid title. Real American, the Hulk Hogan story? Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, so that's really it. That's all the news. There's nothing really else going on. Chris Pine's going to be the new saint, but no one cares because no one knows what the saint is anymore. I like the saint. I'm excited I, I, for that. I do too. I, like the I think they too, actually but... did. Um, I think Netflix has it that they actually did like a, a recent like remake of uh, the same as like a TV show or something like that. I think. I think oh, it's on Netflix. Is it, is it American or is it, is it something? A I think it's French. Okay. But um, so maybe it just they just did a French TV show and Netflix picked it up. Maybe. Because I mean, even when I was watching the fucking, um, I don't think it was like I, I don't think it was a Netflix original or anything like that. Right. I think yeah. Netflix like picked it up, but I think there was like a remake of The Saint as like a TV show, I think, or maybe it was originally a TV show. Well, The Saint, I, have... I only know the Val Kilmer one, so I I knew the Roger Moore one and the Val Kilmer one. Oh, I don't know the Roger Moore one. Roger Moore before he became James Bond, he was The Saint. Okay. For like ten, for like eight or ten years, and then he became James Bond. Okay. So, I mean that's fine. Chris Pine's cool. I feel yeah. like Chris. I feel like Chris Pine's career really didn't pop off the way that he thought it was going to. Go into. Well, I think it it started off pretty good because I mean it really started with uh, with Star Trek and everybody well, fucking. And loved I mean, it. it really started with. I didn't know this about him. Huh? I came home from work one day and my girlfriend was mm-hmm. watching Princess Diaries too. He was in the Princess Diaries. He was like twenty years old in like the Princess Diaries. Oh fuck me! I didn't know. Damn. Him and Young right. and Hathaway. Yeah. Um. But I, I I thought he would have been like a big ass leading man, and I think the problem is that if he if he was an actor in like the early '90s, he would have been like yeah a Van Dam, you know what I mean? Yeah, I could see him being like a Van Dam or um or even like um what's the guy from Thirty Days of Night? Josh Hartnett. I could see him being like a Josh Hartnett almost. But since since those movies went away, I mean, he kind of you know. Yeah, he hasn't really done much lately. I mean, he did his biggest thing was yeah, Star Trek well, he, he was probably in, he and, was in, and well, he is in Wonder Woman, so he's got he was that. In the Outlaw King, right? Uh, yeah, he was in Hell or High movie. Water. He had the Jack Ryan 
a attempt at a reboot for the Jack Ryan series, which you know, didn't pop up. You know him. the weirdest movie I can think of? What? Right now? This is not even weird in the sense about the story's weird, but in, in terms of casting. This mm-hmm. Means War is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, when he was with uh, fucking uh, Tom Hardy. And Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I forgot can about you, Can you think that Tom Hardy was in a movie with Reese Witherspoon? Tom Hardy. Yeah. Fuck, dude. It's so fucking weird, yeah. man. Because to me, Tom Hardy's... It's very strange. Tom Hardy is pretty much... Well, like, he played a comedic role. Tom Tom yeah. Hardy was a, in a comedic role in that movie. Wait, hold on. Was Chris Pine... Yeah. This is Chris Pine was in Smoke and Aces. I don't remember this. I haven't seen Smoke and Aces. I saw... Oh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was he really? Yeah, he played the... He had a... Yeah, I remember that from the trailer. I remember Ryan Reynolds. I don't remember him. Maybe I'm thinking of Ron Reynolds. Man, never mind. Maybe I'm thinking of Ron Reynolds. I definitely remember Ron Reynolds. Right. All right. Well, hey, you know what? We're going to move to our last topic of the show, which is essentially, it's going to be, our last talk of the show is going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake now. (laughs) No, it's going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake and why it should be canceled. No, our topic of the show is going to be, was going to be Star Trek, but since we had no news at all, we decided to, to switch it up a little bit. True, and and for fun, we did we did this a little bit recently. But since we have more time to kind of dive into it, I want to do. That'd be fun to, to talk about the top, our top ten favorite yeah. movies of all time. Our top ten lists currently that changes all the time, but our top ten current favorite movie. Now, Zach, I want to ask you this. Yes. Tell me before we start. We start listing off. I'm not sure if you have any have any couple of um, what's it called. When they don't make your list, what's it called again? When they don't I don't make, know. They don't make the list, but they're like the ones that could have made the oh, list. Oh, honorable mentions. Yeah, I'm not sure if you have any honorable mentions. I have a couple honorable mentions. I, I have a couple. Yeah, I have a couple. But I wanted to ask you this: like, what when you're compiling your list of favorite mm-hmm. movies, favorite TV shows, favorite actors, whatever it is, your your, your favorite list. Yeah. Which is essentially, no, no high infidelity or whatever, but mm. high fidelity, high infidelity, high fidelity. Um, when you're compiling your list, like for this list, what goes into your list? Is it movie quality, actors, director, story, rewatchability, fun, laugh, dramatic, the movie actually being considered good quality? How are you compiling your list before we dive into the list or honorable mentions before we dive into those? I think the main thing, I think the number one tier for my list, specifically for me, is uh, rewatchability for me. Because for me, I don't know. I don't know if you can really consider something your favorite if you don't watch it multiple times. Because if it's a one and done for you, then it's like, is it really your favorite? Like, do you really want to – can you really consider yeah. it your, your favorite if you don't want to, like, dive back into that world and, like, revisit those characters again? Because for me, that's, like, it's something that is, like, this is my favorite thing that I love it so much that, like, I want to ex- experience this over and over again. And I want to keep diving into this world and diving into these characters. So for me, I think rewatchability is, like – the top tier of like that's right. that's the thing because if you want to go back into it then obviously it has something special for you right at some point i 100 percent agree to me that rewatchability and number of times it has been rewatched yeah. is definitely my number one uh filter yeah. for determining um top 10 movie and then it, nostalgia comes into play um yeah. the way it makes me feel when I'm yeah. watching it, um, you know, the vibes, yeah, as the young kids would say. So, mm-hmm. um, Zach, give me 
I want to. I think we should do ten to one. Number ten, 10 to one. Ten. Number <sighs> ten down to one. Okay, so that's the problem for me is that I listed them, but it's been hard for me to like. Bro, you have this is a top ten list, Zach. It's a top ten, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the top ten. This is a top um, ten, so we have to go now. Before we get to the top ten, I'm gonna give me. you a moment to maybe yes. reorganize in your mind, but. I want I'm looking at my list right now and I'm trying to like reorganize and figure out what goes where. Because I sat for an hour and, and made my top in, in order top ten. It took me an hour just to find the fucking movies that were on this fucking list. So uh, I want to do three honorable mentions that would have made your top ten lists uh, okay. but just didn't. Or maybe there are three that rotate in and out of the top ten list or however many honorable mentions you have. I have a lot but I'll just name three. I think I've got – two off the top of my head which okay. is um no i've got three okay i've got three. okay as far as rewatch and this is like the the honorable mentions are like heavy on the rewatchability and there's like not much else to them like i've, I've watched them a bunch of times and there's not much else to them right which is um i've got baby driver on that list okay of honorable mentions now fun uh, hold on real quick yeah six months ago that was your favorite movie it was true, but I've I've reorganized and that's it's gone down. Okay. It's still a good movie, right? But I think there are other movies that get into the nostalgia era, and I think have other factors to it besides rewatchability. Okay, I still really love everything about Baby Driver. I love the soundtrack. I love the characters. I love the plot. Um, but I think I think specifically for Baby Driver is that I think it's a little too new. Sure. To keep on the list. No, a, so another, it's another filter. Moment. Another filter. I got you. Another filter. Okay. So I think so. Baby Driver is honorable mention. Uh, Men in Black, the original Men in Black oh, is a. I yeah. fucking love Men in Black. That's Great like movie. classic, good movie. Classic Will Smith flick. It's got the good mix of comedy and sci-fi that I love together. Um, in the chemistry between Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones is like just so mm-hmm. fucking perfect that it just it's such an easy watch for me. That I, I love Men in Black. I love yeah, it. It's a movie that has such unexpected world building in it. Yeah, crazy shit. Just like all the stuff was just like even when they first step into fucking MIB headquarters, you see all the fucking the like immigration line for aliens is like yeah. the most insane fucking world. Also, there's really great effects. There's really mm-hmm. really great effects. And, great uh, practical effects. Yeah, great costumes. Great, great effects and the cool. The one thing about that movie that confused me when I was a kid, I always thought I was in Washington D.C. for some reason. Okay, but it's in New York. Yeah, it's in like yeah, it's on like up also. State I, I feel like it's like the Bronx. Yeah, and also I feel like the one thing Manhattan, about Men in Black One, I feel like the armory is too small. It's very small. It's like a glass Especially room compared to later movies where it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah. It's like one little glass section of the office. There's one little, and then they've got the second armory where it's like the trunk. So yeah. it's like yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely small compared to like later movies for sure. So Men in Black, what's the third? The third one for me um, is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, it's great western, great characters. I think it's of the of the uh, the Fistful of Dollars trilogy. I think it's the best of the trilogy uh, as far as storytelling, the characters that have got in there, um, the atmosphere uh, that Sergio Leone makes. Um, it's just fantastic. I love watching that movie. And I love that fucking draw, the final draw, three-way standoff at the end. It's such a perfect fucking ending to the movie. I love it. 
I, I, I would agree. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, my three honorable mentions, in no order, are yeah. one, RoboCop. Oh, yeah, RoboCop is good. RoboCop's a movie I've been watching since I was six. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie that I've seen a billion times, and I can go back. But here's the thing about RoboCop. While it is very fun, and it's very um, entertaining, and special effects are great, and it's funny, and it's satirical, it's also mm-hmm. very – it's super deep. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't watch too many times in one year because if I watch it, I get kind of bogged down with the whole – like, the satirical stuff I, I can get over – I buy that mm-hmm. for a dollar, right? But it's the it's the stuff about like the man versus machine stuff that kind of like, yeah. Okay, I mean this is pretty deep. This is some deep shit, you know. It's not just a bunch of you no know, shooting people in the dicks, but yeah. it's also there. So RoboCop for sure. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, the remake. Ooh, okay. That's a movie that yeah, I, think yeah. I watch and just you zone out and you can just those all three of those movies you just zone out and you just sit yeah. there and have a good time for six hours. But the first one specifically, I think, is the best one. Um, okay. I think one, three, two is the order. I think you would agree. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And then finally, my last honorable mention is yeah. Training Day. Fuck, because Denzel. King Kong don't got shit. Got on shit me. on me. God, uh. I I rewatched that like a week ago, mm. um, and it's funny because when I when I uh, help train uh, new rookies. I'll be like, hey, you ever seen Training Day? And they're like, uh, and they're afraid to answer. They're like, uh, I go, there are some good lessons in Training Day. Like, <laughs> I mean, don't take, don't take, disregard 98% of the movie. But the very first thing Denzel Washington teaches Ethan, or Ethan, Ethan Hawk, right? Mm-hmm. I'll say Ethan Hunt for a second. Ethan the, Hunt. The first mm. thing Denzel teaches uh, Ethan Hunt. Uh, Ethan Hunt. God damn it. <laughs> Ethan Hawk is to roll your windows down so you can hear your city. That's yeah. a really – that's good. That's actually real police tactics. Um, so you want to hear what's around you. So I'm like, listen, take that one piece of advice. The rest of it, just you can throw it away. But watch that one scene. That's a really smart scene. Um, so Training Day is my, my other honorable mention. So, we can okay. dive into the top 10 list now. I want to start at 10 and go backwards. I right. think you give me your number 10, I'll give you my number 10, and we'll go from there. Does that sound good? Yeah, I think that works for me. Do you have your top 10 list assimilated into the right order? I do. I have it assimilated now. Okay. All right. Because if, if it comes down to number one being some bullshit, I'm going to call you on it. <laughs> Zach, what's your number 10 on your My top number 10? 10 on this list right now. Is and I thought about this a lot, um, and I don't know if you're gonna agree with me or not. But Lay it on me. as far as movies are concerned, uh, it's a movie that I've watched a lot. Has a lot of nostalgia for me, specifically the fact that like this is a movie that I watch a lot with my family. Um, has a lot of memories of me just like watching it with my family. I like the life lessons in it. I like the characters in it. I think it's really really well done. And that is. The Denzel Washington masterpiece of Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. That's a football movie, right? That is a football movie. I have never seen... I don't think I've ever seen that movie before. Remember the Titans is a great fucking movie. Who's the white boy in that movie? Uh, Well, that is one of the earliest roles of um, Ryan Gosling. He plays Sunshine in it. Okay. It also has... um, Hold on. Who the fuck else is in it? I can't remember off the top of my head. The white coach is somebody that, like, you... What's the story of that movie? The story of the movie 
is that um, it just basically takes place in like the 70s where a high school football team in Virginia, um, they lose their head coach and the school's looking to hire their new coach. They basically promised it to this defensive coordinator who's been on the team for a long time. And then um, to work on integration and basically making the school more diverse, they give the head coaching role to a uh, black football coach who moves from uh, I believe he's from he moves from Alabama um, and then basically the whole movie is like um, just basically on the team everybody on the team learning um, you know about differences in each other and I think I mean honestly the high point of the movie for me is when uh, you first have the team coming all together they go to their their summer training camp before you know the high school season starts and it's just basically all of these guys who, for the most part, the black kids have never interacted with white people before. The white people have never inter- interacted with, with black people before. And you have this just four-week-long marathon of them learning to be on a team together, learning, you know, that, you know, we're all just football players on this team together. We're not so different, you know. Uh, we may have different priorities at some point, but at the end of the day, we're all on this team together to try to win the championship for a fucking high school team. And, you know, to be... You know, just a family at the end of the day. It's like, it's all learning about that. And then they get back to the real fucking world. The real world is like, no, stop your fucking bullshit. Black people and white people can't be together. And they're like, fuck you. We're going to fucking have an undefeated season and fucking win and win the championship. And they fucking do. And it's great. It's a great, it's the classic Disney sports story where it's just like, you know, it all builds up to them having the undefeated season. They fucking win the championship. And they all learn, you know, not to judge people by the color of the skin or not whatnot um right but it's just so fucking well done and the characters are in it are so great and it's so it's very reminiscent of like the 70s the soundtrack in it is fucking fantastic as far as like 70s like pop culture music i mean you've got like just everything it's all just so fucking great i love it you get spirit in the sky playing you got fucking um what is it oh my god it's a sunshine of your love with sunshine is uh the Ryan Gosling's character ends up coming into the scene a little later and he's like a hippie type of character that like it's kind of like free love and all that shit. He like fucking does Tai Chi in the fucking courtyard and all the girls fucking swoon all over him because he's that fucking heartthrob. And he ends up learning to like become more of a part of the team and like trust his teammates and like, yeah, it's just great. I just love it. It's just great character. I've, I've never seen it. I recommend you watch I, it. It's I, I on really... Disney+. Plus haven't seen many sports movies the only sports movie i can really think that i liked as a kid was angels in the outfield angels in the outfield is great well that was that's probably the biggest difference between me and you is that not only my brothers but my dad are big into i mean i was you know i was on sports teams a lot too but it wasn't something like super grip me like that but my brothers especially my middle brother is like super into sports so it's like one of the main movies he always wanted to watch was sports movies so it's like laura road remember the titans Angels in the Outfield, Glory. Like, I've seen all that shit, like, tons of times. And so, um, so I'm like, I got that exposure to it. But I love, I love Remember the Titans. It's just a great fucking movie. I think you got for Denzel me, Denzel turning a great performance as the head coach. As, I think for me, I would rather just watch real sports than watch a sports movie. Like, that's I, the I opposite. Like, I would rather watch a sports movie than watch real sports. I, mean, I love sports documentaries. I love sports yeah. documentaries. I have ESPN Plus just for documentaries. Um, yeah. But Denzel's good in everything, so I can see why. He's, yeah. he's, he's good in everything. Yeah. Um, my number 10, I've mentioned this before re- recently on the podcast, 
Um, okay. It's a movie that I watch all the time. Every year I watch at least one of them. It's a four-movie series, uh, Lethal Weapon. Okay. I think Lethal Weapon is a movie, the first one specifically, Lethal Weapon is my number 10. It is such a unique buddy cop show or film that plays on really great tropes from old buddy cop stuff. You still see with Eddie Murphy, older stuff from the 50s, 60s, 70s, but it takes it, elevates it with two amazing actors. That There's no ever been a buddy cop uh, film with two actors of this quality before. Like, I mean, like, I've said it before recently that the fact that they even mm-hmm. have these two guys together is fucking insane. And the way they play off each other is so great and so amazing that it hasn't been done since. And I mean, I'm talking about my favorite mm-hmm. show of all time is Psych. This is pretty much just that. White guy, black guy, comedic thing. It's one's, you know, uh, hot-headed one, the other one's not. That yeah. duality, the Lethal Weapon's the one that does it to the best extent. And that's Shane Black writing so fucking well. And obviously, we know Shane Black's a great writer because we've seen The Nice Guys. We've seen Predator. Yeah. We know he's great. Um, but Lethal Weapon is such a fun action comedy buddy cop duo cop crime movie that yeah. if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it at least the first one. And if you watch the first one, you're gonna watch. We don't want to watch two. And if you watch two, you're gonna watch three. And maybe you'll yeah. stop there, but you'll see Jet Li number four, and you want to watch number four. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Jet Li, hundred percent, dude. So that's my number ten, Zach. What is your number nine? <sighs> my number nine. Uh... And this movie is a movie I've had on the list before, and it will continue to be on the list because it's a movie that I will always return to, and it always makes me smile, and it always makes me laugh. It goes to that same thing of the familiar connection because I have this bond with my dad because me and my dad both fucking love this movie. And it's like every time I go back because my mom fucking hates it, so that's an inner joke where it's like every time it fucking pops up. We bought a zoo. I'm looking at my dad. Yeah, I know. We bought a zoo. (laughs) They're fucking Matt Damon. I'm like, Dad, we bought a zoo, didn't we? And I'm like, no, Johansson. Dad, you know what we did? We're fucking Black Bar because we're going on a Blazing Saddles trail, baby. Woo! That Mel, Bell, Mel Brooks Western parody masterpiece of Blazing Saddles. I feel like while uh, Blazing Saddles is a movie that I like a lot, but also I don't watch that much. I've probably only seen it a couple times, but but also because it's a movie that wouldn't be, wouldn't be made now. Like... Yeah, that movie would just get denied so fast by today's yeah. standards. You know, I think it's on Showtime, and I was gonna watch. Who's the black guy in that movie? Uh, I know it's Gene. I know Gene is the white guy. Yeah, Gene Gene Wilder's in it. Um, I can't remember who plays the black guy. I can't remember either. I don't remember him being in like many other big movies after this. I keep wanting to say Richard Pryor, but that's a different. That's a different. It's not Richard. It's a different Gene Wilder movie. <laughs> is Cleveland Cleveland Little? I don't know him. I don't know him at all. Yeah. He's like, I feel like it's like, this was like the biggest thing that he was in. I think it's really weird to me that you have, because yeah. um, it's, it's not weird in the sense of um, bad, but weird because you have a comedy on your top 10 list and I don't have any comedies of mine. I don't know. There's something about comedies. I just really enjoy comedies. I, I mean, it goes back to the replayability factor where it's like, there's something about good comedies that I just can rewatch over and over again. I mean, I have one quasi-comedy, but it's not really like a pure com- – like Blazing Styles is a pure comedy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, okay. I get that. Mm-hmm. I respect it. Yeah. Um, my number nine is another action movie that I've seen a thousand times. And I was, okay. literally, I was literally watching it yesterday. Um, oh. And that is Speed. <gasps> Fuck Speed. yeah. Keanu Reeves, baby. This is the movie 
that I mean, obviously I love Keanu Reeves and I I, I love all, a lot of his movies. I think I literally have um I had three on this list of Keanu, but I have two right now. But uh, Speed is a movie that to me showed his acting chops in the sense of being an action drama lead guy. Um, even though he's acting very like um, what people make fun of his uh, his range, yeah. Uh, but it's effective. I think Point Bl- Point Break is a great, 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 great movie. But what, mm-hmm. to me, what sells that movie isn't really Keanu. Yeah, it's Patty. Patty Patrick Swayze, baby. And, and and just like in that movie, they knew that Keanu was great as the lead guy, but he needed a partner, so they gave yeah. him Patty or. They gave him what's his name, um, Lawrence Fishburne. No, 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 no. G- Gary, oh. Gary. What's the guy? Uh, what's the fucking weird guy? Weird white guy, with the white hair. What's his name? Weird ass face. I don't remember. He's Gary something, right? Gary, maybe. Mm, I don't know. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna get pissed off. Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So they gave him Gary Busey, and in this movie. Right and speed by number nine, they knew right. Keanu was so great, but he needed a partner. So who would they give him? Jeff Daniels. So it's another perfect example of a great one. Well, it's a great concept, and it's a great thrilling movie that leads you on your edge of your seat the whole time because you're going like, man, this we're, we're giving you a rule set from the beginning of the movie, and we're showing you how dangerous the bad guy is, and we're showing yeah. you that you have a rule set here. You better follow these fucking rules. You have to, how are you going to beat this impossible task? And it has really smart scenes. It's a huge, huge cast of people on this bus. Obviously, Sandra Bullock, who I, I'm notoriously yeah. a anti-Sandra Bullock person. But this is her best role, in my in my opinion. Um, yeah. It, it's a really great movie. If you've never seen Speed, you need to watch it. Obviously, it's a fucking legendary action film from the 90s. So um, I think most people have seen it. But if you haven't, yeah. find Speed, watch it. Zach, what's your number eight? My number eight is a uh, classic for me. I remember watching this movie as a kid, and I fucking loved it. And as I've grown older, I've grown to appreciate it more and more for just how, like, solid of a movie it is. It's fucking Gremlins. I fucking love Gremlins. One or two? The first one? uh, One. One. Yeah. Gremlins one. I actually haven't seen two yet. I need to watch two. You haven't seen New Batch? No, I haven't seen it, and I know because I've watched. I've even recently watched uh, Mike and Jay's review. Of it, where they talk, yeah, yeah. yeah, where they talk about like the batshit crazy th- stuff, and I was like, I have never, I've never watched it. I don't know why, but I love the first one so much. It's so great. That's, the concept is great. Phoebe Cates, right? Who's in that movie? Who's the girl in that movie? I always forget. Phoebe Cates. Gremlins. Gremlins. Who is the chick in that movie? Which chick? In Gremlins. The, the main chick? Yeah. Phoebe Cates. Okay, yeah, it's Phoebe Cates. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Howie Mandel played Gizmo. I didn't know that. He, I don't know how. He do, he go, He does a little giggles, I guess. Well, it's just, just like how Vin yeah. Diesel plays Groot, I guess. I that's guess, a, yeah. That's a movie that really... I love Joe Dante, specifically. Obviously, people love Joe Dante for that particular movie but that movie is such a fun anti-christmas movie like it's It's such and that's the thing that i love about it that everybody forgets is that at the end of the day gremlins is a christmas movie 
it's a Christmas movie, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, this is a, this would be your worst Christmas ever if this happened. This to would you. be the it, it, they have the line where the girl talks about how her dad died being Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, and that's also like it's such a weird movie with some yeah. really great practical effects that yeah. I, I I think that I mean I think movie geeks really horror horror fans and movie geeks like Gremlins, yeah. but I feel like the the rest of the world doesn't really give gremlins the respect it deserves no i don't think they do i think a lot of people i think a lot of people just forget about it because i think there it goes into that same timeline of like those other sort of movies around that era where you have like the short tiny creatures that like do weird shit and so they kind of like lump it into that i think a lot of people that like well it it falls in that cult that like cult classic like tremors yeah you know like I have I don't fucking I've never seen Tremors. Yeah, Tremors is great. But I know people love it. You know I know people. I don't know it's a cult, a cult classic. So yeah, I, I think that's I think that's what, that's the, that's Gremlin's fate to be a Joe. Da- First off, Joe Dante only makes Joe Dante movies. Like yeah. I love Joe Dante because he made The Burbs, and yeah. The Burbs is a fantastic movie with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but and also he also made a movie a couple of years back with um, Alexandra Daddario in. Anton Yeltsin. And it's, uh, yeah, Anton. It's, it's uh, uh, Barry, Barry, Barry X, X, right? Yeah, that movie is yeah, Barry awesome. The movie's awesome. Yeah. And it has the girl, and the girl from fucking um, the Twilight. Uh, not Christmas Stewart, the other one. Don't know her name. He plays, he, she plays the zombie girlfriend. It's a great, great. Okay. Joe Dante is, but that, to me, Joe Dante almost reminds me of like Sam Raimi. Okay. But like less horror based, yeah. but more, more like, oh no, this fucking blows, but like less, I don't know. The, the humor is there, so I I, I, I get with that. Yeah, um, I my number eight is. I had a fight for this movie to get on my list because there are so many movies from these directors that I wanted to be on my list, but this is the one that I, I go to. Another cult okay. classic movie, and that's The Big Lebowski. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a Brothers, me, man. Yeah, to me, it bounces between Big Lebowski and Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. Because one, I love, um, you know me, Nick Cage guy. Nick Cage boy. Uh, but also, I just love the whole cast of of Big Lebowski and the fact that it's, a, it's an old classic crime noir that goes nowhere, ends nowhere. <laughs> like it's, the yeah. whole movie is literally fucking pointless. And yeah. normally that would piss me off. Like normally that would really bug me. But the mm. way that they do it is just a bad day for the yeah. dude. And it's interesting to see what happens and how fucked up it is. And it's such a weird movie that doesn't really fit into their like it's it takes fargo and like amplifies it to be in terms of like the weirdness and randomness yeah and take but takes away the more of the story Mm. but no other other movies really seem to do that the rest of their films kind of like have a set um you know story pathway like yeah there's like oh hey goes here goes here goes here goes here you know but they all have some sort of like oh brother is just a bunch of random shit too yeah. But it follows a journey. But then, like, you know, you have, like, um, the movie you like a lot, um, No Country. No Country. Has a storyline, but it ends like shit. <laughs> Whereas Lebowski purely is a, you know, this is a crime movie from the 50s that just shit happens to the, the, the dude mm-hmm. for no reason. And it ends the same as it began for no fucking reason. Yeah. Um, Zach, what's your number seven? This is hard, but I knew I needed to put 
one of the movies from this series on my list because it is one of my favorite series of all time. And so deciding which one I was going to put on there was kind of hard. But at the end, I made the decision. And I have decided from this series, kind of as a representation of the series as a whole, but for this specific movie, that Mission Impossible Fallout has made this list. Because wow. I fucking. It's not too new? Not too new. Honestly, because uh, for me, nostalgia wise, it would have to be Mission Impossible 2. Because I right. fucking. That's a terrible fucking movie, but I yeah, fucking love that movie. I terrible, fucking love that movie. Terrible fucking movie. <laughs> It's a terrible movie, but I fucking love that movie. Uh, but as a reputation for the series as a whole, I think, honestly, Fallout is, like, the best that Mission Impossible has ever been. It's, like, top-tier Mission Impossible for me. Um, and I just love that series as a whole that I had to put it on my list somewhere. Um, so, yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout takes number seven. I love Ethan Hunt. I think he's great. Which is funny that you were saying you couldn't say Ethan Hawke earlier. Ethan Hawk. I was like, oh. Doesn't even know that Mission Possible is about to come back around. It, Fallout is the one that has. Fallout is the one with Henry Cavill. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I thought I think that that's the best one too. Yeah. I think that's the best one besides the first one. I think yeah. I think besides that, I think the first one is probably like the second best. I really like no, Rogue Nation a lot too, though. Three, I mean, three's um, good too. Three's good. Uh, that was the J.J. Abrams. Yeah, J.J. Uh, Abrams. Ghost Ghost Protocol is not bad. Um, I don't like Ghost Protocol. It's got his ups. To um, me, Ghost Protocol I, and Rogue Nation are the same movie. Mm, I, they blend in my mind to be the same movie. Mm, I don't see that. Mm. They blend in my mind to be the same exact movie. I couldn't even tell you the storyline of Fallout or if I'm well, of, of, fucking uh, uh, Ghost Protocol is when they uh, they become rogue agents and fucking uh, the Mission Impossible Task Force falls apart. Doesn't that happen like five times? No, it's just, it's just in this one. Because that because in the well. Ghost Protocol is where the entire like Mission Impossible like agency is disbanded. In other movies, it's just Ethan Hunt is disbanded from the Mission Impossible task force. Cuz then cuz at the end of Ghost Protocol is when the task force task force is remade and you have Jeremy Renner who steps up to become the head of it in Rogue Nation and then Alec Baldwin ends up taking over in Rogue Nation and then he is also follow. To me, it got to the point now that all those movies are so, like, similar in my mind that it has to be determined by what the big stunt is. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it's like Ghost Protocol is one of the best stunts where these, uh, that's, I mean, Fallout has a great, Fallout has multiple great stunts, which is why I love Fallout so much. But, I mean, Ghost Protocol's big stunt is he's climbing fucking Dubai Tower with no fucking wires, like a madman. Um, and then you've got, so you've got the Dubai Tower climb. Uh, Rogue Nation is, I believe, the one where uh, he does the... That's uh, the water one. That's the, yeah, that's the yeah. one where he dives in. So uh, that's, how I, that's how I fucking determine now. I don't even remember the big stunt from three, though. Two is got... Three. Two doesn't have, like, a huge stunt. Two, uh, two has the hair. Two has the hair. And the face. Yeah, and he's got the, the two's motorcycle. got the two two's got the motorcycle, and yeah. it's got yeah a lot of the mask shit. Has, um, I mean, two is two is is John Woo, so you don't have to even worry about it. The you only thing I really remember about three is uh, the bridge with the the jet and the missiles. That's all I remember from three, as far as right. stunts are concerned. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number seven. I'm gonna just quick at number seven for me because my number seven is it's it's fucking. It's a given. It's Ferris yeah. Bueller Days Off. 
Yeah, of course. Um, Ferris Bueller, it's it's Ferris Bueller. I mean, whatever. Fucking everyone knows yep. it. Everyone knows it. Okay, Zach, number six. Yeah. Go for it. This one's a little new too, but I mean, honestly, after watching it and it, every we rewatch it multiple times, and I still love it. I still think it's a fantastic movie. It's probably one of the the better action movies that I've ever seen, which is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, uh, over the other ones. I think over the other ones. I think I think specifically for the visual style, which I mean, it's I mean, Road Warrior takes place in the 80, it is a movie from the eighties. So you I mean you can't hold the visual style too much against it, but I think. Fury Road is so visually impressive. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what they're able to do with making a movie that is essentially just one giant car chase yeah. and making that something that is entertaining and compelling and something that I'm willing to watch for like two and a half hours. Um, I just love it. It's great. I think my one issue of Mad Max as a whole, which I've mentioned before, I think I mentioned this when we actually did our Mad Max review all those years ago. Maybe, yeah. Um is that Mad Max never really seemed like he was mad. Like Yeah, no, he's not. He never really it's kills he doesn't really kill anyone like a badass. He's not really super action packed. He's just like he drives a car like he, okay, like he's crazy. But even in this movie he never really drives a car, really. Well his car gets destroyed his car, like the his, first gets, ten gets, minutes gets in the movie. Scrapped, you know? So like to me, this movie really is Furiosa. Yeah. Um and to me that that's the detriment to to Fury I think it's a great movie. But that's the yeah. problem with it is that there's not, not enough Mad Max in a Mad Max movie. That's, yeah. my, that's my one problem with it. Um, but other than that, it's a really great movie. I love you know, Road Warrior a ton. Uh, it's probably my favorite one of all the movies. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's uh, 2, 1, 3, and then this is the, a separate thing. Um, yeah. But if I was going to order all of them, it would probably be Road Warrior, then this, then 1, then 3. Yeah, um, I, get, I, I could see that list. That's my order. Uh, my number six is The Matrix. Oh, got to. The Matrix is one of a kind. It's the only it's movie of its kind to literally combine everything that I like yeah. into one fucking movie. I'm talking about Kung except Fu. Except for Westerns. Yeah, except for Westerns. Well, I mean, you could can, even say that. You could say that a, there's some Westerns. What's a Western it, yeah. but a fucking Japanese you know, movie yeah. um, that combines the uh, the action, the gunplay, the martial arts, the Kung Fu, the, the science Sci fiction, the cyberpunk. It combines literally everything except yeah. for a car, a car chase scene. Um, cause it doesn't really, it doesn't really have a car chase scene per se. It has a jump on top of car scene. Um, yeah. so the matrix one specifically, again, that's a movie where you can end at one and just perfect movie. Yeah. And, and then two and three is fill out the storyline. But, uh, matrix is definitely uh, that, that would bounce around between six and one at some point or six and three really realistically yeah. at some point. So I can see that. that's my number six. Zach, what is your number five? My number five is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah. Number five. Hmm. You, yeah. Don't want, you don't want to pick Rise of the Machines, number three? <laughs> no, I don't want to pick Rise of the Machines, number three. Or, um, what the fuck? I don't even remember. Salvation. What? Was Dark that the last Fate? one that came? Dark well, that Fate. Dark, Dark Fate. Fate. Or Genesis with a Y. Genesis. Genesis with I, fucking, I feel like uh, Terminator 2. I, I, would, I would pick Terminator 2. On my top ten list, but the problem with Terminator Two to me is this: not, not the problem with the movie is that to me Terminator One and Terminator Two have to be together. I can see that. Yeah. For me to like, you can watch two by itself, and, and it's a fantastic movie. You can watch one by itself; and it's a fantastic movie. But to me, if you watch them back to back or in close proximity yeah. to each other, that's when you really get the full story because of the John Connor, uh, Sarah Connor arc. 
yeah is so great to see back to back um but terminator 2 between the between all the movies i think t2 is the best the definitely yeah. the best one um t2 is fantastic but i i, I, I still think you should have picked rise of the machines i mean I don't. You know what? I was thinking about it. I really, honestly, I was floating between this and Genesis. 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 Was like, how Genesis bad had the, mm. is that movie? It is fucking, and I fucking hate that it's so bad because uh, it's got one of my favorite actors in it, which is the, also the guy from uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, the fuck is his name? Who? Who's uh, hold movie? on. It's um. Hold on, Genesis. Genesis. Jason Clark. Jason Clark. I love Jason Clark. He plays and John he Connor. He plays John Connor, and he does the worst John Connor I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Well, not because even... John Connor becomes a bad guy. Yeah, he becomes a fucking Terminator. Yeah, he becomes a fucking T like five thousand because it's not even T one thousand. It's some weird like nanobite shit that goes on the, or some the, shit. The, the fact that James Cameron lit his fantastic series go to trash is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it should have ended at two. If you're gonna make should've... it. If yeah. you're gonna make it three, it would have had to have been that that humanity. There was, a, you can't just keep saying that it was gonna happen no matter what. Because the end of the end of T two, the whole point so of T two is that they defied fate, and so the it, fact that you come right. back in the next movie and it's like, no, fate's not, no, fate's matter. undeniable. It's doesn't like, matter. No, that's that the missed the whole point of the fucking movie. Because I'm trying to think of the quote in T two. Isn't it like, the future is not set. Or something like that. I'm like, eh, okay, no, so, it, yeah. it, it it is apparently. Apparently, it is. Apparently, 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 apparently. When Universal's in charge, the don't, future's don't, fucking set. Don't matter because so. people are gonna keep paying money to see old ass fucking Arnold and old ass fucking what's her name, Linda Hamilton and Dark Fate, fucking trash ass movie. Um, mm. My number five is the only movie on my list from this director. Okay. And it really couldn't shouldn't be, but it is right now. Okay. And that is a biopic of a movie called Apollo 13. Oh. Now, I watch Apollo 13 all the time. It's a movie that I think that is so well made. And for a movie that came out like 1995 or whenever it came out, or maybe mm-hmm. 93 or something. Yeah. I still can't tell you how they made the space scenes. I still don't know. I, I, I don't know how – I'm guaranteed I can Google it and watch a YouTube video of how they made it. I just don't know. And to me, it blows yeah. my mind that it looks so good being that old. It looks fantastic, yeah. And the, I love the, the – I love everything about the movie in the terms of – it's the same thing how, why I, like, I like about Jurassic Park 2 in the sense that it's – there's a trouble happening and you, they mm-hmm. show you the solution part as well in the mm-hmm. sense of this. I love to watch the guys in space struggling, but I love yeah. to watch Gary Sinise like working on it back home. And you get yeah. this, you get this dual story of like people struggling, and then you have all the command center and at Houston and yeah. Ed, Ed, Ed um uh what's his name Ed um Ed um not Ed, Ed Harris Ed Harris Ed he Harris. is so good in it, and then you have Gary Sinise is so good. The whole cast is really great. And then you have fucking like Kevin Bacon plays plays it really well. Yeah. Bill Paxton, everyone is so good in this movie. Obviously, Tom Hanks is like ten out of ten. Like, yeah. it really is undeniable that the nineties was Tom Hanks's decade. That was yeah. You had some fucking bangers. There, you know, dude. seriously. So Apollo thirteen is a fantastic movie and how accurate it is. Um, and having read like bio like biographies about Jim Lovell and all those books, 
mm-hmm. about the, the missions, and then to watch it again, it just shows you how 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 well made the movie is. So that's yeah. my number five. Okay. Who my number four is uh, Ghostbusters. One. Ghostbusters one. Oh, 2016. No, 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 no. Uh, 1980s, 1980s <laughs> Ghostbusters. Let's not uh, let's not uh, drag up the the past here. I I don't get it. You don't get it. It's a good movie, but top ten. I I love it. I don't know. I just like rewatching it. I like seeing. I don't know. I think it goes to the same thing where it's like. I mean, Blazing Saddles made my list. Where it's like. I think, but this Ghostbusters makes it for a different reason. Where I think. Um, I mean, first of all, the cast is amazing, and their chemistry is great. And I think, um, not even the joke aspect, but I think the whole, the aspect of real ghost hunters, and like, mm-hmm. what is what would real fantastical real ghost hey. hunters look like? Um, I just think I enjoy that so much as a movie. Um, and like the way that like these like average show like basically essentially plumbers like ghost hunters I think is so enjoyable. I know I hear him. It's fine though. Um, but uh, the way that like these, like plumbers essentially like deal with ghost hunting, I think yeah. is something that is like so enjoyable to watch. Of like this just, like average Joe shit. It's just like yeah, we're just like regular fucking like, scientists, and we're like we figured out how to fucking trap fucking ethereal spirits into a fucking box. To me, I don't know. To me, it it's was so fun to watch. The fact that I like the Ghostbusters. Um, no! Oh my, Sullivan! Hey, calm What's down, going dude. Calm down, bud. Something, man. Hey, Sullivan, come on. I think. Hey, man. It was always the idea of I like the concept of Ghostbusters more than the actual like movie. I like the I like the idea of. Hey, come on. <laughs> I like the idea of um, creating this system to catch ghosts that makes zero sense. And yeah. they give you no like science fact as to why it happens. Yeah. It's just pure, purely Dan Aykroyd. Being it just because. Just because. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I like the idea that they have a character who is so anti- paranormal but he's the paranormal doctor yeah. that makes no sense to me to have like Venkman be the guy who like has a like a doctor in this but doesn't care about it yeah. at all he doesn't care about any of it he just cares about getting laid exactly exactly um so th- i i see that um that's number four right number four mine is uh I, I, i'm not going to talk about this but too much because i mentioned this all the time okay uh back to the future that's that's number four I just what I don't know. Maybe I'll, you talk about you talk about it all the time, dude. No, Die Hard. Oh, obviously, okay. Yeah, Die hey, Hard. Hey, Back to the Future Top Five would make sense. That's a reasonable guess. Yeah, no, absolutely, but it's me, so it's definitely not going to be anything below well, below where it's where it should be in the halls of history. That's true. Um, Die Hard. I mean, it's a the one. It's probably the best action movie of all time. Okay. I can't. You can't yeah. name one better than that. I mean, John Wick. No. Uh, Lethal Weapon is close. John Wick's an international assassin. But John McClane. John, John McClane's just a ravage dude. He's just the he's just the average cop. He's just a cop trying to get his wife back. Yeah. 
and never wrong works. place wrong time and he and makes it work. it also suffers from the same problem that terminator has mm. or that they, they made too many yeah no for sure you should have stopped well, it's that like three. It's, it's like if you watch the recent terminator it's like john mcclain is like a fucking superhero now it, right like number yeah. one he struggles really hard and it's literally the concept is so simple of like yeah. grizzled cop fights off terror or no not terrorists but fights off terrorists. bank robbers yeah. no thieves um in a, in a tower and it's just him struggling and the fact that it's on hbo makes it even better for me because i can just yeah. watch it a thousand times so absolutely die hard best action yep. movie of all time also best christmas movie of all time oh oh throwing the gauntlet down zach what's your number three uh i'm not gonna take too long talking about it because we already did talk about it but uh number three is the matrix the matrix I'm surprised it's that high on your list. Is that higher on my list? I'm surprised, oh. it's, I'm surprised that it is that high on your list. Oh, that is that high? Yeah. I don't know. I really like it. I really enjoy, especially re-watching it recently. I, I remembered how much I fucking love this movie. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing we already talked about. It hits all the stuff that, you know, I care about as a person. I fucking, the action's top-notch. The gunplay's fucking sick. Slow motion, Matrix shots are fucking rad as fuck looking. Yeah. The cyberpunk is on point, and I love all the sci-fi concepts that show up in the fucking movie. I want to be in the Matrix so fucking bad. I want to download yeah. Kung Fu into my fucking brain. See, I don't want to be in the Matrix because then I would be uh, a, a pot of jelly. Yeah, but like, if you feel good, does it really matter? That's hey, we could be in the Matrix right now. You know, you, don't hey, know. you never know. My number three is Police Story. Jackie Chan, Ooh. Police Story. I take it back. This is the best action movie of all time. <laughs> uh, there's two different types. Two, this, two, two different types of action movies. Yeah. American action, Die Hard's best movie of all time. Just Honestly, flat out yeah. action movie. Police Story is the best like stunt movie. Yeah. Martial art movie. All around action. Jackie Chan is the epitome of stunt performance. Yeah. Um, and. I, I feel like people don't respect him enough over here. Probably I think, not. I don't and, think people do. And I get because all his best work is still in China. I was going to say, all his best work is like, yeah, still. It's yeah, Chinese. Like, his, his American work isn't that great. Rush Hour is fine. Rush Hour is fine, but then you've got stuff like the Tuxedo. The Medallion. Like, yeah, the uh, Medallion, which is like not, not that good. But Police Story. Drunken Shanghai Master. Nice is good. Shanghai I like Shanghai Nights, Nights, I guess. It's just Rush Hour and Cowboys. Yeah, but that's the best. It's Cowboys. I love that no, shit. No, Police Story 1, 2, 3 are fantastic, especially 3. Um, fucking Project A, yeah. fucking Drunken Master 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. You have so many good movies, but Police Story is that first time where you see him, in my opinion, top of his game, modern day era, cop story, and just fucking has some of the most gnarly stunts, yeah. especially the last, the last fight, the last fight scene in the mall. Oh my! Mm -hmm. He's fucking busting through so much glass. I made a video yeah. review of it like a year ago, and there's some so many big ass hits. There's a scene where uh, a stunt where they flip a guy into a fucking glass cabinet and just fucking bust through. Mm -hmm. So good. The only other movie I think American movie that that can even come close to Jackie Chan's like era like American Jackie Chan movie is Who Am I? Mm -hmm. And that's like old Jackie. It's like nineteen ninety eight Jackie. So okay. Police Story by number three. Zach, what's your number two? My number two. Uh, my number two. My number one are actually from the same director. Um, okay. But uh, let's start with number two. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Uh, Raiders. So why fucking, why Raiders over the other three? I think Raiders. I think honestly, I just like the story of Raiders more. And on, it's it's close. It's between one and three for me because I really love the dynamic that he has with Sean Connery as his father in mm-hmm. three. Um, but I think I like the story overall in one better. I like the the uh, the globe trotting aspect in one. I like everything that they do with. Um, with Mary and her character and like the setting up of the relationship between her and Indiana Jones that, that carries throughout, unfortunately, Crystal Skull and all that shit. Um, but um, it's just a great fucking movie. And it's one of the movies that it was this and my number one is the movie that made me fall in love with and as a kid want to be an archaeologist because I misunderstood what an archaeologist was. Right. I feel like I, I would pick Raiders as well. Solely because I think Marion is the hottest one. Yeah, Marion's great. No, I think she's I, better than the Temple of Doom. Chick, oh, which I like Temple of Doom overall, yeah. but the girl, the the Indiana girl in the movie is ugh, annoying. No, uh, jokes aside, I, I do think she's the hottest one. But um, in terms of the movies, yeah, it, it would be Raiders, Crusade, Temple, and then Kingdom, um, as my my list of the Indiana Jones movies. Raiders is to me is the most fun. Maybe maybe it's because it's the first time you see him as a character. I think that's that also a part of it too is that it just does such a great, especially that first like 10, 15 minutes, just just such a great inner job of like introducing Indiana Jones like as a character and like what he's about and yeah. like he go they go into the uh, the Nathan Drake shit where it's like the globe trotting and like the treasure hunting, but it's not it's not treasure hunting for the sake of like Nathan Drake where it's like for the money, which and it ends up being with like. They kind of do like the Indiana Jones shit with Nathan Drake, but he's really in it for the money. Which Indiana Jones oh, yeah. is really in it for like the history, the college. He's in there to like the college, the, the museum, college, yeah. to preserve the artifacts. Like that's that's Indiana Jones as a character, and I like I love the dichotomy of you start off with the globe trotting aspect, and then the very next scene is him as a professor. Yeah. I love that much, where you see those two in- different sides of Indiana. So yeah, uh, my number two, and these would be my top two movies. For probably fifteen years, and they haven't changed. Something they, ne- like. they they never have changed. No. Um, my number two is The Godfather Part Two. Now, this is the second best movie of all time. Nothing comes close to it. This is the second best movie of all time. Uh, the only Jason. Oh no. Oh, why I picked this one over the first one? Ah. Here's why. Marr. Because the first one's a fantastic movie. The first one's an amazing movie. Um, yeah. Top ten, maybe at some point, but not really right now because two is better. Number one's fantastic. You see the downfall of Michael. Number two, the rise yeah. of Michael. And to me, that's great. But also what makes number two so fantastic is you get to see the rise of his dad. And to me, that's, yeah. that is the only, this is the only movie besides Heat that has two such amazing actors in a movie that should not be together. Like, there's no reason to have Al Pacino and De Niro in the same movie. Yeah. Because it's you it's one it's one person's movie. It's either fucking Pacino's movie or it's De Niro's movie, right? Yeah. But the fact that they have both of these people in the movie and it feels like their movie. Like in the in story wise to see Michael become what he what his dad did not want him to become and then to see the frugal beginning of his dad becoming who he was, it's like really the tragic, tragic 
and like it's a, such, a, such a long movie and I don't skip a single scene as you just watch fucking Michael become more vicious and you see like Vito becoming like yeah. who he becomes the, in the first movie it, it's it's pure amazing pure amazing yeah. and I, I you can say you could swap out for the first one I guess just to watch the fall because the fall is interesting the fall is interesting yeah I would, I would but, pick yeah, I think the rise is interesting. In, the rise for me is more compelling than the fall, and and, it's, and some would say it's actually flip flopped. You know, some would say the rise of him becoming a bad guy is, is the fall of Michael Crow yeah. as a character, as a human being. Um, yeah. But it's the best part to watch someone rise so they can fucking shoot themselves in the face later. So Godfather Part Two is my number two. Zach, what is your number one? And let me guess real quick. Tell me. I'm gonna guess two things. One, right. it's either Jurassic Park, okay, which I'm sure I'm pretty sure it's Jurassic Park. Okay. Two, close and oh, it's Jurassic Park. That's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park. It's uh Steven Spielberg. It's one of my favorite Steven Spielberg movies of all time. I love it. I'm a dinosaur mark for sure. I love dinosaurs 100. Uh, percent I love the story in it. Characters are great. I love Dr. Ian Malcolm. I love fucking. Um, Ian McCarron, uh, not Ian McCarron. What the fuck is his name? Um, Hammond. I can't remember. Ham. No, not Hammond. Hammond. I mean, Hammond's fine. Grant. But yeah, Doctor Grant. I love Doctor Grant. Uh, it's one of the only movies that I like. Laura Dernan. Uh, because oh, she's barely in it. Because yeah. she's barely in it. Uh, but uh, but no, it's a great movie. I love it. I love it so much. I love what they do with the dinosaurs. I love setting up of like a dinosaur theme park. So literally my dream as a child to just go to a fucking theme park that's filled with dinosaurs. We talked about it last week. That's why I went to Animal Kingdom and I love the fucking dinosaur ride because that's basically as close as I'm ever going to get to Jurassic Park. I still wish that I knew why Malcolm was there. Yeah, I still don't get that part either. I mean, I get the lawyer. Everybody else makes sense. The the only one that doesn't make sense is why the fuck Jeff Goldblum's there. And why is it the mathematician? No I don't understand why a mathematician's there. I, I mean, I, I don't. I get why Grant and why. Um, I don't remember what her name is. What's her fucking name? I don't remember what her Alan name is. Alan and um, whatever her name is. I forget. What, Laura Dern. Yeah, I forget. Well, I know they're there because they're dinosaur people, so it makes sense yeah. to, for legitimacy. Well, he's a dinosaur person. She's actually a prehistoric. Uh, Plant, plant person. person. She actually, they're, they're she both, focuses but they're on dinosaur people. On it. But yes, prehistoric people. Yeah, they're still prehistoric dinosaur people. I mean, she's they're still di- going to talk fossils. about fucking like flora and plants and shit. I get that, but Sat, Doctor Sattler. Yeah. yeah, Ellie, Lauren, Le- Ellie, uh, Ellie Sattler. Yeah, fucking, I knew I was right partially. Uh, maybe Mal- Malcolm's there because he's like going to like look at percentages of how it's going to fail. Maybe I don't know. I think so, he's supposed like to that. be that. He's supposed to be like because I know he was brought there by the lawyer. Yeah. So I think he's supposed to be like the risk assessment type of thing. I'm, I'm assuming so. I mean, that that makes sense, I guess. But I mean, I I, I don't know anything about that. I don't know. But um, yeah. that's a good number one. I could see that being number one. Um, yeah. I don't get it being number one. I don't. I don't really get it being in the top ten either, for my own personal list. But I just don't like dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the biggest thing. You know, the one thing I'm surprised is not on your top ten though, Zach. Is there's no Godzilla movie. Yeah, I mean that's probably the biggest thing. But I don't know. I re- I love rewatching Godzilla movies, but I don't know if they're necessarily like. I mean, it, besides like the fucking like monster combat, the yeah. stories to Godzilla movies are kind of. Oh no! Lame. We're being attacked. <laughs> oh no! It's yeah. a giant pollution monster. Yeah. Don't throw stuff in the ocean. I uh, yeah. 
Jurassic Park's good. But movie. I do love I love kaiju movies 100%. And I love I mean I love all Godzilla movies cuz I just fucking love big giant monster action. But I mean overall it's like a movie in a, in and of itself. Um I don't know if I could put it on a list just cuz the story right. I mean so for flimsy. those movies they're flimsy and it's it kind they're thin. The, they're the antithesis of the movie where it's like I am fast forwarding until I get to the monster action. Oh, gotcha. Um, well, so that's a good list. What if I ended my list with the like, Power Rangers the movie? <laughs> oh, fucking. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past you because, I mean, we're both Power Rangers marks, dude. So you know. Um, but look, listen. We all know that the number one on your list is uh, the classic uh, Matt Damon. We bought a zoo. So let's zoo. just get that out. The, the, the dichotomy in acting skills between Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson's top notch. I can't believe we haven't had a sequel yet. The chemistry there is just so it's so pure. Yeah, and I can't it's believe so, we haven't had a sequel yet. We bought a zoo to part two. We lost look, the zoo. This is, this is the fucking change.org petition right now. Yeah. We want the sequel to We Bought a Zoo. Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson, I know you're out there. You're not doing anything anymore. It, it fucking right. Blows my mind that that movie is a movie came out called We Bought a Zoo with those two big names in it. That blows my fucking mind. Um, I'm sure it's a fine movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, but it's my my number one favorite movie of all time has been the same movie that has been my number one since I was seven years old, and that yep. is Back to the Future 1. I have a tattoo of it on my arm. I have a lot of fucking merchandise of it I'm upstairs in my place. I got... I watch it every single year, at least the first one, every single year consistently, more so than anything. The only three movies I watch every single year are this and Die Hard and probably The Weapon um, consistently. But Back to the Future, I don't talk about it. It's Back to the fucking Future. Um, It's the best movie I've ever ever made. Fucking fuck Hitchcock. Fucking fuck uh, Citizen Kane. Fuck everyone else. This is the best movie ever made. Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gale made the perfect movie the only perfect movie probably some would say and they wouldn't be wrong if they did say it because i i mean that's just a fact everything about the cast is 10 out of 10 nobody could make the cast better literally no one can make the cast better this is the perfect cast lightning in a bottle everything about it is great yeah nothing is wrong with it now some people recently there's a there's a there's a thing that bob gale came out who's the the co-writer of the movie mm-hmm. they said hey how come this is a, apparently a long-standing controversy with back mm. to the future and then bob gill came out and he set the record straight mm-hmm. the controversy is this zach well how Tell come me. his parents wouldn't have recognized him as calvin klein when he became a teenager now bob gale said because when they they, when they met Calvin Klein, they met him probably two days out of his, like, week there. They didn't, say, they didn't see him every like day. He's there for, like, yeah, a couple days. They didn't see him gone. every day. They saw him maybe at school once at lunch at the fucking getting a milkshake and then fucking, you know, skateboarding across the fucking thing at a dance for, like, a few minutes. So when yeah. by the time they have a kid, they're not going to remember the exact details. They're blurry. Now. Yeah. That's what people had complained about. They had to answer. Now that that mystery is solved, mm. I think, who fucking cares? Who cares? Who fucking cares? You're going to question why his parents didn't believe or didn't recognize that he was Calvin Klein. How about a fucking time traveling car? How about that? Let's go ahead and taper 
the fucking disbelief for a second. The yeah. time traveling DeLorean. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. That's my number one. No, I'm surprised, Zach. Tell as me. We, as we end this podcast. No Star Wars. No Star Wars this time. No Star Wars. For yeah. either of us. No. Why is that? I think the legacy has been tainted. Does that does that ruin your appreciation of the first three? I don't think it ruins my appreciation for it, but I don't think it makes it one of my favorite series anymore. Interesting. I think the first three are still great movies, but I think the series as a whole is not as good anymore. You know what? You're, I'm going to say this, and you can fuck off if you don't. I'm going to say this, and you can, you, you're going to fuck off if you don't agree. Um, I was at Target <clears throat> yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the the 4K. Yeah. And they released the original movies on 4K. Yeah. And I I grabbed Empire on 4K, I believe. I held it up. Oh, they did like, it individually. They didn't yeah, have yeah, that box. Individually. Okay. I had Empire in 4K. And I was looking mm-hmm. at it and I was like, oh, that's Empire. And I looked over to my right. And I put down Empire and I grabbed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood instead. I was like, oh, maybe I'd probably buy this instead. Now, when in the history of my fucking life... You pick Quentin can Tarantino? I, can I say that Star I dropped Wars? Star Wars for anything else except for Back to the Future, right? Jesus. And that's because the legacy of Star Wars is trashed. Yeah. Because even though those first three movies are still fantastic movies ahead of the game and look... Well, now they have... Fun, I think the main problem is that now we have... A conclusion after those movies. And that conclusion fucking sucks balls. Not even that. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Like all the like prestige that was Star Wars, I don't care anymore. Mm. It's now just eh. Okay. Eh. Okay, Mm. whatever. Whatever. I don't need I don't need it anymore. Mm. I don't care. You know, and yeah. maybe that's a uniquely a Star Wars problem. I don't know, but mm. it just I was looking, making my list, and I was like, should I put Return on here or Empire? Mm. And not once did I go, yeah, I yeah, put, I fucking put Lethal Weapon on my list before I put Star Wars. Lethal so, Weapon's great fucking great fucking series, dude. So I don't know, man. Guys, thanks for listening. Guys. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week with more license to view. Yes. On your podcast feed. I have a, I have oh. a, I finally have a topic. Go ahead. I have one. Lay it on me. It's going to go back into the list thing, but okay. lists are fine. That's fine. I think top five favorite video games. Top five favorite video games. Okay. Mm. Okay. Across anything. Across anything. Any system. Doesn't matter. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. That works for me. All right, guys. Next week, top five favorite video games. On license to view. So we'll see you back next week, guys. Yeah, guys. See ya.